search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome League of Legends ranked journeymen to another episode of the Broken and Women. And women. Broken by Concept Podcast episode number 58. 58. This one is gonna be excellent. Excellent. So we're gonna start off, Curtis, with uh with your traumatic schooling experiences. I'm just kidding. What the hell are we doing? I don't know. I did not I don't not know where this is going. No, we didn't. So where is this going? um do we like learning, Curtis? Love learning. We like learning on the Broken by Concept yep. podcast. You like learning about legal legends specifically? Learning, learning how to learn. L- love learning and everything. Did you have a particular subject you like to learn? At school? Yeah. Do you like love something at school? Something that you just loved? Um, you like, you rock up to the class like, yes. You look on your timetable. Yes. After, after reads, after lunch, I got this. No. You know? No. Did you? <laughs> Yeah, for history. Really? Yeah. I never imagined you as a history guy. I just it's just interesting. Maybe it was just the specific specific teacher I had. Did you have Mr. McGough? Yeah. I couldn't stand that. Yeah, guy. you didn't yeah, because you're that type of student. Yeah. I wow. like listening to him. Fascinating. What did you like different. about history? Um It's just interesting. Especially what what was it specifically? Um Were you like Roman? I remember we did like Roman yeah, history. That's great. Um, um and then we what else did we do? We didn't really do Australian history. At all, did we? That's actually one thing that I've noticed that we don't really learn much about Australian. Like Americans love their yeah. their history, right? I mean, we kind of did, but like I don't remember much of it. It's like Captain Cook and stuff like that. We did a little bit, a little of it, bit, so. but we mainly did just English history, didn't we? It was like the you like learn about the plagues and stuff the, like yeah, that. Yeah, the Black Plagues yeah. and stuff. Yeah, fascinating. It actually would be interesting going back. You had the foresight to know that it was you're, genuinely You're the maths guy. You didn't think that that was that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but I just didn't find any of it really interesting. Okay. I think now we probably would, right? But you, I can't believe you found it interesting Yeah, I did. Then. I loved it, dude. Because I, I thought all you thought about was World of Warcraft. All I did was think about computer yeah. games. That's what, what? You, te- you said to me all the time. All what? I'm thinking about is, <laughs> is what okay, well, I'm going to do when I get well, home. Well, you got to think of it like a on a... Um, on a on a on a scale, right? right? So just because like that like that's like the thing I looked forward to the most. Right. Out okay. of just the miserable experience. The maths, was physics, for me. Chemistry, whatever. You know. Got you. Makes sense. So um learning, right? Yep. And we hear about this thing called learning styles. Learning styles, yep. So growing up, Curtis, what would you say? So these are the learning styles, right? Visual, which is, you know, visual. So it's like you pictures, look at something, you can images, you, you feel like you need movies. to, like, you know, when people like, they, people love picture books. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like reading like text, like you're a picture book guy, right? Yeah. Reading, writing, that's self-explanatory. Yep. Auditory, which is like, you know, listening. Yep. So you get the explanation, like lectures and stuff like that, I guess. And then kinesthetic, which is like hands on, like touching, doing, touching feeling, doing. Yeah. Okay. So, which one were you Curtis growing up? I believe, or what I believed was reading, writing. Really? Yeah. I liked writing out stuff. So, you were a writing dude. Like, if I, if I read something and yeah. then, like, wrote it, it would help me. I mean, that's what I assumed at the time. Was that for certain subjects? That more for, like, a math thing? Yeah, or? maths and physics. I liked writing basically everything, actually. 
when it came what to chemistry. The, what about the subject that you're worse for English? Because that's writing. Um, I mean, I was just, I just never got any results anyway, so I couldn't <laughs> tell you. <laughs> no matter what I did, I failed no matter what. <laughs> no matter what you did, I yeah. was going to not do well. With your fixed mindset at the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just thought it was game over. Yeah. Um, about you, what did you, what, what did you think? Well, what would you think? What's your assumption? Like a oh, from you, yeah. from what I know about you. Yeah. Uh, visual you seem like a very visual no or doing dude. doing person yeah, or visual kinesthetic 100%. a combination just straight it would be kinesthetic kinesthetic doing, if you were yeah. to ask me right i was like because i just got to do things yeah you're a doer like yeah i, I literally can't learn unless i'm doing really yeah. i could also do visual as well like i can imagine you getting really engaged in like a film or like a movie documentary of, of something yeah but that's not learning that's like consuming that's right like okay okay is that two different things? I'm not sure. You can learn from a documentary through visual. That's true. Yeah, sorry. You're right. Yeah. Maybe you're a combination. I don't know. So is this... That's what, you, that's what you assumed, though, at the time. You thought you were a kinesthetic. Well, that's what yeah, you well, believed if, to be if someone was going to say, out of those four, which one do you think you are? Right. It's like, you know... You would have right, said right? kinesthetic. So okay. there's this fascinating video, right? Yep. I, I showed you this as well. Yep. Um, by Veritasium, right? That was published. I think the title of the video is called The Biggest Myth in Education. Okay. And basically it covers these four learning styles and the conclusion of the video is that um, we're not actually unique. We don't have pref- like a preferred learning style or like we're better at things like the way humans work is that we want we need a, all of them to to learn things properly. And it was it's like it's such a fascinating video because it even says at the beginning it's like they did a survey with the UK teachers and stuff and like something like 90% of um of the teachers, the teachers yeah. thought that people did better learning, right? And there's actually no studies to actually support that. Um, there's like preferences over, right? Right. So you're so so basically the video was outlining that there is no such thing as being a visual learner, That's right. kinesthetic learner, reading, writing, yeah, or, or auditory. Yeah, it's like the way it's presented. We all learn like via all of them. All of them. Based on like what's being presented to you. It's like, let's say there's like an example in there about geography. Yep. So I think about it, you're not going to learn where everything is. Imagine someone explained to you, in Australia the is in the south, <laughs> east of the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You'd have to, you have to, it would be, for that situation, it would work, right? right? So it's, it's dependent on the scenario. And you're probably not going to learn how to shoot a basketball by someone writing it. To you. You've got to do it. Yeah. Because it's a doing thing. Yeah. Right. So you'd have to do it kinesthetic, right? Or, or, or when you're doing, um, think about our League of Legends guides, mm. right? What do we, what do we, what do we do for those? It's, it's so. So think about visual. We, yeah, when we make our guides, so it's visual. Yeah, we look at there's, there's writing. You got to read it. We we got a PowerPoint. Yeah, we, and you listening. Yep. So three, so three. And we recommend, and I give drills, and we give drills or whatever. So there's so potentially four. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And how did we come to that? Did you think about that when you're making your guides? About the learning styles? Yeah. No. What was your goal? To get across the information in the most clear way, I guess, for me. Like, how can I make it? it, It's just as clear as possible so they can learn in their own way. Whoever watches this, they can, like, use it. I don't know if I should find that interesting, but I think that's interesting, isn't it? Right. Like I found... Just intuitively. Intuitively. Yeah. Like this is the best way to explain. So showing examples. Yep. Showing not what to do. Yep. Um, Having like 
yeah, literally visuals, but but writing as well to back the it up. The mindsets, like, and stuff like that, in written text In and written stuff. text, yeah. Like, the champion identity stuff. And then us reading through it. Yeah, true. Because think about it. You could have just simply uploaded the PDF, like, said... You could have, like, for example, posted, like, a the gameplay only, and then gave a little uh, downloadable PDF file. Mm. Or you could have theoretically only done the reading, the slides... And then never don't didn't didn't do any examples of like gameplay. We've kind of combined them all together in a way, which is interesting. But it wasn't because we thought about learning. No, styles. not at all. That's just, just right. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Now, what's you know, I mean, that's just it, 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 when I watched that video. Yeah, I personally found it quite disturbing. Yeah, because it's if that is true, what else is true? What else out there? What else bother bullshit have we <laughs> yeah, fed? What other bullshit have we been fed by the education system about how we learn? That is just not the case whatsoever. Because teachers believe this. Ninety percent. It's unbelievable. So, what does this mean for? How does this translate to league? Well, that's what I was thinking. Educational so the, content. So, the first thing I thought of was, you know, how do we make our guys right? Like, what are we right. doing for learning styles? Yeah. And then, secondly, I was thinking, okay, in terms of our coaching sessions, yeah, right. right. So, what do we do with with those? So, we that's like a. Um, well, definitely visual, visual and yep. auditory, isn't it? Oh, and sometimes you write stuff, right? I mean, for me, yeah. Well, I I, I write my notes with the, with you. my client at the same time, and then when they're watching the vod over, there's notes on the bottom. That's right. Yeah. Wait. Well, so it's reading, writing. Yeah. Visual. Yeah. Auditory, just not kinesthetic because they're not doing it. That's right. So the only one we're missing. Which is, should be the compliment to it. Like after the game, you should probably after the vod. Sorry, you should probably go in and try and implement some of the stuff. And, but we would say that the the, the actual doing so so but then if you think about it as well okay so who are the clients that get you the best result who get the best results like what do they usually do? Uh it's more consistency, and they execute. So they're more kinesthetic. You would have to be more kinesthetic. Yeah. Well, they well they they come to the sessions, but then they just execute and they're consistent. They come to the sessions every like two or three weeks. They get learning objectives or areas that they want to improve upon and then they just go and they just play and then they go again. I would say they're the ones that get the most results. So there's definitely an element of kinesthetic. I don't think you can really, I mean, that's what league's all about. That's right. right. You have to play. do it. Got to do it. When we started playing, how did we learn the game? Just bulk amount of games. So we only did kinesthetic, right? Only kinesthetic. But I feel as though you kind of, can't really do that as much anymore, but you, everyone's got to do it to a certain extent, yeah. right? And I guess I guess we sort of looked at Mobify guides and stuff, or like yeah, a little guides. bit. But I didn't really read the guides, did you? <laughs> no, I just looked at it for builds. <laughs> builds yeah, <laughs> yeah. Back in like season two, fascinating. Yeah, so highly recommend. I mean, people got to watch that. Spread the spread video. the word. Yeah, I think it's like number fifteen on trending on YouTube or something like that right now. Right, fascinating. So I think the goal then would be, and what the, the, the TLDR at the end of the video, I said that a combination of, they did like an experiment where they were showing cards. One was like a, like an image and one was just like a text where he wrote, he, he, where he read it out loud. And then he, and then he combined the two together, showed an image with like the text below it. And, and then people found it way easier. Yeah. When they combined it, people found it way easier, which just, it's just, it's just common sense when you think about it. And, and and one one of the points he said at the end, Nathan, that really resonated with me in the video, and I think this applies to League Hardcore, is you just believe whatever you're told and whatever fits that narrative. So, for, for example, if like a teacher t- says to you, look, uh, I believe you're a visual learner, 
like you, you hold on to that. You're going to hold on that's to this, right. this like weird. narrative in yeah. your mind that like I'm a visual learner. So then you're going to look at in writing the CLA. Like, yeah. yeah. And whenever anything that like you learn something via visual and it might be just like geography, it's like, that's how I learned. That's why I learned this well. And you're just feeding the narrative. But in a way that's very similar to the league, isn't it? Just in, in many aspects, potentially. What are some examples, Nathan, of narratives that people follow and then they just blindly, every, like they will cherry pick experiences from their solitary journey to to feed that narrative Gankin's a waste of time I should AFK find my jungle that's more right. consistent so you could you could look at many examples of their in their games theoretically that would back up that argument I'm an early game the thing that I had to deal with a lot I'm an early game jungler I have to do things early game right so there are some games where that might be true right that's in true yeah there's things that is, I have options yeah but then when that's not the case, what happens? My mental... You just, you just, just I mean, no, you just look good or you just ignore it. Oh, yeah, well, that's well, what I've seen. Well, I still try and do it. All right, what do you mean by ignore well, it? Well, the narrative that I commonly see, you know, the common one we both see is the loser's cue or um, like lost streaks. And they will complain about, or people often complain about how many poor teammates they've had. AFKs or trolls or I actually had a fascinating example from uh, Neversaw on my Discord. He went through this rough streak. Uh, I think it was about a week a week ago, and uh, he was um, he, he was saying how he had a lot of autofield laners, like autofield jungle, autofield laners on his team, and then the games were just getting ended really fast, and the games just fell out of his control. And they said, well. How do you know that a lot of your wins haven't been versing autofill laners where you stomp them as well? And then when I when I said to him, when I said that to him, he said, "Oh yeah, you're probably right. That actually probably explains why I stomped all those games." So it always like balances out, but we cherry pick and we we highlight the the experiences that are coherent with that narrative that we want to hear. That we want to hear yeah. it makes us feel better that we are the ones getting the autofill laners or the autofill junglers. And then we just so happen to look past all of the times so we don't really put any weight on or emphasis on the the games where we verse them. It's the exact same thing, right? Yeah. So we just pick that. We just pick the narrative that we wanna we wanna follow that path that we wanna follow, and we we just cherry pick it all. Because it feels good. It's like, oh, I'm right. Thank God, I'm a genius. I know everything that's at play here. What are some narratives that mean you, Nathan? Have kind of, I mean, look, let's just play devil's advocate here and go ham on ourselves. Okay. Holy shit. About our own coaching, the way we yeah. coach. Because one of the big one ones we remember we 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 had to break down was um was our was three blocks worth it. Well, that was that's a narrative that we believe yeah, in. Yeah, versus, uh, versus just, bulk games because we had the Tyler One example. We had the Tyler One, and we kind of broke that that one down. Yeah, um, and we we kind of backed up our arguments. I think that was a really good one to break down. And in a way, I like that our audience exposed that. In a way, right? Because we we spoke a big game about the importance of three blocks when there was someone else out there, Tyler One, who did two thousand five hundred games and got a great result. Um, what are some others off the top of your head? This is in terms of our coaching. Yeah, let's think about narratives that we follow with our coaching that we believe are great. I guess one thing for me is I hate talent. Talent? I hate the conversation of talent. I don't care about talent. Okay. I don't think it exists. Okay. And that's a narrative. And do you feel as though you actively ignore the moments where talent does play a part? Um... Or do you recognize it and be like, okay, I understand that's why. Maybe I just don't care because what does that mean? Right. How is it useful for your coaching anyway? Useful. Right. How's it, how's it even useful to that person saying they're talented? 
if anything, is probably to the detriment. That's what I believe. Potentially. But then maybe... Because um, um, I, I posted the um, Will, right? Who I've been coaching for the last, you know, 18 months or so. Yep. Him get into Dignitas Academy, right? Yep. From just being a Diamond 1 player. He's like one point... He's like top 10 in solo queue at the moment. Right. He's like 1,300 LP. And I, I said in that, that that tweet saying there's no talent here. This is hard work, persistence, right. dedication. And people were angry about that. Ooh. Interesting. Do you believe that? Do you truly believe that? I, I mean, I've been through the... This is a very common thing I would always hear from Will, right? This is the thing I always have to... I follow this process, the three block, the, you know exercising thing I play against players who do none of this and they better than me get better results I had to, we had to deal with that for like a year do you think that Will would have got to the the position he is if he didn't now? follow the process if he didn't follow the process mm, I don't know hard you can't say right hard to say but all I'm looking at is the facts is that it did it but did then, work but then maybe you could like break it down saying that he would get there anyway it's a bit of a touchy soft. I think, look, but I, again, like I don't care don't because care. If, if he did it the, any other way, right? Okay. I wouldn't know what's going on. So at least like this right. way, it's like you can refine it. Like having a process is so important because then you can understand, you can refine it and break it down. But if you have none, you just play 2,500 games. Like that's not enough. Interesting. I mean, I think, I think I'm on, I'm, I'm aligned with you on that one. Yeah. Like, but I think that I, de- I, I register it. But I frame it in a way for me, like my narrative is that talent exists. It's simply something that allows one to improve at a faster rate than another. That's what that's the way I frame it. Whether or not it's correct or not. So they're better the ability to learn faster. Faster. Yeah. Okay. And whether, whether or not that's right or not. And, and look, there's theories. And, uh, no, there's so many theories for what talent actually is. And we're probably going to touch on this another one. Mm. I don't really want to go down this rabbit hole this no, episode. But... No. but um. Yeah, I kind of have this neat little n- n- narrative that's like packaged up and that's mm. what it is. And so whenever anyone like touches it, I'm kind of like, okay, look, I might be wrong, but I, I just don't want to go down that rabbit hole because like, to. where does it lead it doesn't, to? I don't give, it doesn't matter. So maybe it, is a, maybe, maybe it isn't the most healthy way of viewing it because maybe we're avoiding the problem or avoiding the issue in a way. But for now, at least, I don't feel it, like it has a place in my, in my coaching philosophy. Absolutely not. Uh, it's oh, another interesting one for me personally. Just this quick little one here before we move on. I was a big advocate of, a uh, big critic, sorry, of how certain champions would uh, lead to a lack of fundamentals. So I, I was a big advocate of saying things like, um, I would say things like, if you were a Malzahar, Diamond 4 Malzahar player, you know, you would have gold fundamentals. Yeah, so you saw that with Katarina. Katarina as well. Yeah, I saw her as well. There was certain, cha- Cassidy to a certain, Vlad. Certain champions that I, in a way, kind of like compartmentalized, neatly packaged it up that you just don't learn the fundamentals. Mm. Now, I think in the process of having that narrative, which... I think there is, you know, there is definitely an element of truth within it. I think in the same process, I've actually under underestimated the skill set that you do develop by playing those champions because you do. There is a reason that you are able to win games in, say, platinum one with that champion or diamond four. There is a reason. You have a skill set. There are certain things that you have developed by playing those champions. There's an element of champion mastery there as well. Right, there's right? an element of champion mastery, which is great. Yeah. Which is brilliant. You're learning the game through a lens rather than be your... You're getting really good at the fundamentals. Understanding 
how to identify identity of a champion and play to its strengths. Exactly. That's a, That's a skill. Being able to identify and play towards your power spikes and identify your power troughs. Being, being able to have a strategy and stick to a strategy within a lane, within a matchup. Um, and for specifically for champions like Katarina and Yasuo, your skirmishing is actually quite effective. Champions like Vlad and um, Kassim, you have to be good at threat assessment and be able to pinpoint CC. Who can lock you down? When to pick your moment to go in? These are skills that you do develop. And I think to a certain extent, because in my mind, those are skill sets that, my, at least my narrative anyway, was that those are skill sets that will come with time anyway later on in your journey. Um, and uh, you, you're going to be quite inconsistent with without the fundamentals of wave management, resource, understanding how to ration out your resources, you know, good quality resets, leaning and warding. Because like Cassidy, you can just riff walk away. Vlad, you can just press W and you don't have to worry about your resources. Katarina as well. You can just cheat lane, Yasuo as well. It, it, I kind of tunneled too hard on that. And I feel as though that narrative led me into a bit of a sticky scenario where I made people feel un or less confident, which that was never really my intention, but I happened to... By following that narrative blindly, I actually, I think to a detriment, hurt some people's confidence, which I regret. And if I were to go back in time... So how, what would you do differently? I would frame it in a much more open, less they've learned, rigid way. Less rigid they've way. Learned, so this is great. You've learned these skills. These are some things you might not know because you've learned the game right. this way. And might explain the lack of consistency in your games. Yes. Or something like, yeah, a much more healthier way that's l l less about putting them down mm. and rather about explaining... So the rigid thing is saying diamond four equals... <laughs> right. Four. It's a but very rigid... equals gold four... And, and I think the, I think the reason I, I, I initially said that was because I... It's like a defense because you hate those chances. Yeah. Well, it's because I don't really like their kit. Yeah, okay. And I don't like their place in the game. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like, and another one as well is like, I verse these players who play those champs and then, you know, they, they, and their inability to translate that to competitive play just doesn't sit well with me. Like you get those players who, who main like a Katarina or whatever, and then they go to clash. They can't learn any other champion. So for example, if you're playing, if you are a Victor player and you learn the fundamentals through Victor, the skill set that you learn through that lens can apply to nearly every single champ in the game in mid lane anyway. Or same thing with a reliable assassin. But with if you're playing a uh, like a Vlad or a Katarina or a Cassin, and you're kind of you dig yourself a very deep hole. Mm. So if I'm going to coach that player, I have to go and do all the groundwork, and I have to go through the process. Now, look, we're going to go all the way back to, you know, X rank, and then it just makes me feel guilty. I'm like, someone's going to have to give them that that Harsh reality, check. reality check, and that just happens to be me. So yeah. I guess in a way, this whole narrative all formed from like a Maybe out of frustration, potentially. Anyway, regardless, I just think it's interesting that we, you know, we, we fall into these traps sometimes. We have these narratives and we we cherry pick these moments and we, we, we find them and that it just, so it makes our narrative sound nicer. It's like you have that player that does go down. You're like, oh, yep. Yeah, there that's you go. it. That's it. But the player that doesn't, there's probably yeah. players that don't. Yeah. You know, my, I'm just going to either ignore it or expose my narrative. So that's why it's I need to clarify special. my narrative, yeah. right? Anyway. You know, it's funny. One thing you said there, um, uh, champion mastery. You know, the funny thing, I actually lost that recently for right. some reason, which is crazy to me how I went off track. 
maybe it was like I was learning. So, because I made me making my Diana guide, right? And um, I was in like my 25 to so like 50 games. And that, like, I literally probably had like a 10, 20% win rate. It was unbelievable, right? Like, and then um, I found that, and then I, I looked back at a lot of these games just because I was been looking over the footage. And because I was always like, why? Because now I feel like I really understand the champ identity and I understand how to play her. And what I was doing was I just kept doing things early game. So now it's like the opposite problem. Because like, so Diana, like, so this is what I've written in my guide as well. Diana with a full combo gank, um, by the time people like use their dashes and get to the tower, you can actually really only do about 30, 40% of someone's health. You actually do negative damage early game, right? And I kept on doing shit, dude. And like, I was just, and then, and then what I started to do is literally, just, literally power farm two full clears of my jungle, get level six. And I've had way more success with that, only taking high percentage ganks. And, but I was doing correct ganks though, in terms of jungle fundamentals, right? Mm, mm. Which like, like I, like, right. like I had like a, a Nautilus like lane. It's like, I'm ganking this, like the lane looks pretty good. But then I come down there and then we just straight up lose 3v3 or like the jungler's there or some, or like I just don't do any damage and they just flash away. And like Nautilus has hit his hook. I'm like, wait, what? like if I'm Elise, she's dead. And like, for some reason, like I, I started getting really frustrated. Like, what the fuck? Like, these are good jungle fundamentals. I know they are. This is a good gank. Maybe it's because I was playing early game junglers before, like Elise, right. Rexai and yeah. Zinzao. And then, so you're saying that you lost track of the importance of, of champion mastery, of champion mastery, which was fascinating to me because, and then, and one the moment I, I really, really nailed down is like you can only do like 40 percent of someone's health and gank. It free framed my mind, and mm. that's specific to that champion. Fascinating. I don't know if it's like that for mid lane fundamentals, are there? So you're basically saying um, champions that kind of you, you got to. The fundament, jungle fundamentals sort of... They shift a little bit. Shift a little yeah, bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, that's probably... I think that, that's even probably more so relevant in mid lane than jungle. The way I view it is that... Okay. I mean, let's take Fizz, for example. Or, or even... Um, Kiana. It was an, uh, let's even say more like those chaotic assassins, like, like a Katarina. In a way, you don't want to play perfect League of Legends. You don't want to play like... Okay, I got to get a perfect reset. You know, when I play Fizz, for example, I'm never getting like a perfect reset because I just don't have the ability to get the wave out properly or whatever. Like certain scenarios crop up where I'm better off to just take a shitty reset just to get back on the map with my resources to do something. And I struggled to articulate that because it's like, they'll say, but why are you resetting here? Isn't the wave screwed? That makes a lot of sense. But I I intuitively understand as a Fizz player that I have to do this. It is better for me to miss these three CS than to to sit for for the next wave and get even more choked out. That makes so much sense. Yeah, you're right. So in paper, from a mid lane, you know, fundamentally, this is not beautiful League of Legends. No. But it's necessary because that's the limit. that's, That's the weaknesses of my kit. Yeah. So yeah, as you get very good at specific assassins, especially, or even as a mage, sometimes there's a situation that calls where you you might want to go back for that better quality reset, but you've got to match tempo quickly to, so this Katarina doesn't roam. Stuff like that. So it's not like beautiful League of Legends. It's messy, it's scrappy, but it's necessary. It's super fascinating. I want to actually riff off this a bit. I had a... a so Reborn is a, um, a client of mine in the Midland Academy. And, and look, being brutally honest with Reborn... You know, he, he struck- good old Curtis, MLA roasts. Oh, no, 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 this is not a roast. Look, Reborn, um, he has a very unique way of 
like viewing the game and he, he his biggest weakness is that he views things too rigidly he's a very rigid way of think he has a very rigid way of viewing the game it's is, like, he, is he a maths person or a programming person i'm not 100 percent sure but he yeah he, he struggles i guess wrapping his head around how the game is very you got to be like water yeah you got to adapt yeah versatility chaos you got to embrace that you got to really own that that's that's what solo queue is inherently about so what he's looking for he's looking for these set rules yeah i follow this rule yeah. and then i do this and it will lead to this and i do this every game and then it's going to get me here but that got him to platinum four right he followed this i got him on annie he's doing this strategy got him all the way to platform he was stuck in like he went from silver to gold and gold now going to platform and he's really struggling he's like stuck in platinum four right now and he said to me, Curtis, he, he, we did this session because he said he's like in a bit of a hole, right? And we do these really long, long, crazy sessions. And he basically asked me the question. He's like, what is the point of trading? And like, look, with, with Reborn, my goal in every session with him is I'm trying to figure out an analogy to describe how one should interpret, um, how one should interpret like fundamental concepts in a free flow way. So this is the analogy. I want to get your take on this. First of all, I said to him, "Look, I don't want to. I don't really want to explain this because this is so far away from what you need to, from be, what you need to be focusing on." Yeah. But because for him, I think I think there are certain players uh, players out there that view their biggest problem, Nathan, is their inability to adapt to chaos. They want a very clear cut formula, and that will only get you so far. And I think this might even tie to a narrative, right? With with what I with what we teach. You know, we have the, you have your sold two fundamentals or principles. I have my midland principles. You have like your jungle fundamentals that you just said before. For mid, it's the exact same, right? Get, get good quality resets, good quality vision, lean, blah, 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 blah. But there are certain scenarios that call for, you got to throw this out the window. You actually don't want to do this here. You actually got to play in a way that you got to give pressure or you can't take a good reset or you, you got to use your ultimate in a creative way to get out of this scenario. And so what he said to me, he said, Curtis, I'm confused. What is the point of trading? So I used an example of soccer. Okay. Because he said, why do I even trade if I'm just going to like, I can't kill him anyway. What well, do I do? Annie. He's playing Annie. But he's... if you trade, he gets low enough to one shot, right? Yeah, but there's a match. I think he was it. versing, I think he was versing a, um, I can't remember. It was like a, a champion with sustain and he didn't have enough mana. You can't do anything. Like you just kind of got to sit there and you got to farm till six. And then like, you, then you have genuine kill threat with your ultimate ignite and stuff like okay. that, right? And um, he's like, why don't I just like give, why don't I just sit on the tower? Like, what's the point? <laughs> like, what do I do with trading? And, and my point, I didn't, I, I didn't want to approach it in a way that was like, okay, you got to trade to exert pressure. And like, this, I don't want to go down that logical route. I want to explain what it would feel like in a real life scenario. So what I did was soccer. So I said this, let's say on one side, it's a 1v1 scenario. And you've got a, one guy with a ball striker and you've got a defender. And let's just say this striker is Cristiano Ronaldo, right? One of the best, you know, best in the world. <laughs> and then on the defender is Raz, right? one of our admins. Right? Okay. And Raz, poor Raz is getting roasted here. You know, Raz, the average dude, average Joe Blow. And, um, and then the goal for Cristiano Ronaldo is get past Raz and score this goal, yeah. right? But let's just say Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't know who Raz is. And maybe he doesn't know that, like, maybe he's expecting, oh, shit, if this guy's versing, maybe he was, like, a top player in, like, another league that I don't know of. He's going to come in with the mentality of being a little bit conservative. Like, he doesn't know exactly what Raz is capable of. 
Now, in the scenario where Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't really know what the guy's capable of, he's probably going to be a little bit more... I wouldn't say he's not going to be as aggressive as he would have otherwise been if he knew how shit Raz was. Mm. He never played soccer before. Mm. Um, and, you know, he would probably be trying like, feel him out a little bit, test a few different things, and then inevitably get past him and probably score that goal. But then you would say, well, Raz has no chance. Why wouldn't he just sit on the bench? Why wouldn't he just, you know, let him get past? Because there's no way he's going to allow... Cristiano Ronaldo is going to... He's, no way he's going to be able to defend him, right? But my point is... what I'm well, The point I'm trying to make is that if he knew... If this Cristiano Ronaldo knew how poor of a soccer player Raz was, no shit he's going to get past him. But he doesn't know that. You can't, you can't play the game as if they know exactly what you can and can't do. So... That's what that's that is league at the most fundamental level. It is a game whereby, yes, theoretically, if they made your champion and they knew everything that you could do and what you couldn't do and where your jungle was and had perfect vision, of course they would play it in a way that would n- negate you perfectly. But no, they don't know your champion as well as you do. Very unlikely. They don't know where your jungler is. They don't have perfect vision. Then they not have. The, they don't have this perfect robotic mental stack where they're factoring in every every little detail, perfectly CSing, warding, leaning. They're going to make mistakes, and it's the fact that they don't know what your champion does as well. So by simply posturing a little bit more aggressively, exerting a little bit of pressure simply weaving in an auto attack there or give, doing an odd trade like that, even if it doesn't do much, it's the it's the it's the fact that you're not just sitting behind your tower is enough. Then, then that you're so predictable and they feel like they can exactly do exactly and you're 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 giving them something to think about rather than nothing. That's right. So my point of the whole entire analogy was to basically get across the point of the chaotic nature of League of Legends. We don't know. You don't know. I mean, it's an information-based game, but there is so much information. It's impossible for you to process all of it. And actually, there's information that you're straight up missing. You don't have all information. We're not playing chess where I know all of your pieces where they are and you know where all mine are. Yeah. So have you ever had a client in your in your um, program where they just they had a rigid way of thinking and they couldn't adapt to the chaotic nature of the game or they didn't understand a specific concept and... And maybe they had to be very free-flowing and, and adapt. And how did you wrestle with that? And how did you get across that? Because I've just tried the, the rudimentary way of ex- breaking down a scenario and it just doesn't work with certain clients. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I've, I was so much more hyped, Curtis, for that analogy. I don't really get that analogy. Okay. I, I, maybe just your explanation. So what don't you get about it? I get, I get, what, I get the concept you're talking about in League of Legends. Right. Yeah, it's like not thinking that the enemy is just they're going to play perfectly well because think about it if if Cristiano Ronaldo knew how bad Raz was he's just going to destroy him he's going to just do something that is super greedy okay. and get away with okay. it but, yeah. if, but if, he, if he didn't know yeah. how good Raz was he's yeah. probably going to be a little bit more conservative right he's yeah. probably like oh shit I got to be a bit more respectful because this, if this guy's a top player in like an, another league a, a Spanish league or whatever got it yeah okay so you know? I get it yeah yeah. I he doesn't have all the that. information yeah yeah yeah, okay, that's actually a good analogy. Yeah? Yeah, it's, it's better than... It's better. <laughs> I mean, you just explained it way quicker than before. Before you, you're like... Right. Going I'm on trying like to set a, the scene, it's right, like man. crazy, dude, you know? Um, okay, okay, yeah. It's definitely a, a concept to uh, to explain. Because we know how chaotic the game is, and we know how, how you've got to have this mentality where it's like, 
Okay, I've got this tool. I've got this skill set here of like just potential tools to, at, at my availability. Yeah. All these fundamentals, understanding of matchups, whatever. But I'm just going to have to pick and choose. I have a little bit of this, add a little bit of this spice over here, a little bit of this spice over here to, to create a unique formula to adapt to this game. Like, how do you get across that? Because this is something I'm, I'm just struggling with. Yeah, I struggle with that. Philip, if it's Philip for me, he, um, he, it's funny. It's like sometimes you watch it. So his decision making, it's like, so he's gold for, he's like silver one. So he's gold for what he's been demoted. He's been stuck right. in silver one yep. for months now. Okay. And he has the process of everything, right? And I think I've actually maybe fucked him up a little bit because, right. because I sort of teach in a sort of rigid way of playing the game. But I try and <laughs> emphasize the chaotic nature as well, right. right? So you're trying to find the balance. And it is difficult because because yeah. no, but it's also it goes it's overkill for him specifically because he's like a really maths like smart right. like nerdy guy, right? Yeah. So he loves processes and rigid and follow rules. So it's Got like you. they show here, I invade, but it's like well, invading away from Wincom when you're level six alt with Hecarim, where you should actually just be killing bot, doesn't actually make sense to betray. So there's so many like what if statements, yeah. isn't there? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you know so what I just saw? So I didn't it's tell you the story. Yeah. It's like I imagine like a guy like who thinks really like rigidly about the game, yeah. and then it's like a code thing. It's like if this happens, like <laughs> that's right. it's like that's what, what if he's looking for? That's and, what he and, wants. And, but the yeah. tree gets so out of control. <laughs> <laughs> like in one situation, there's like a thousand what ifs, and then there's this analysis prowl. <laughs> Yeah. And then you just get fucked. Yeah, and then you and then you just don't make the decision. Yeah. That's exactly what. Oh, it's hilarious. That's the way his brain works. And yeah, that's, that's what I. But that's what I've sort of done, Coach. Right. I try to be very logical <laughs> with him, but it's actually to be to his detriment in a way. Right. Okay. See, especially with fights as well. It's like <laughs> it, it, it got really bad. <laughs> oh, here we go. It was just straight on. <laughs> I remember these certain situations. Oh, no, here we go. It's just straight up. <laughs> like, they had no alts, right? Yeah. It's just like a numbers disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> he's rotating them. <laughs> oh, shit. They've been going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's like the obvious, really obvious fight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> it's just funny how, how rigid it Yeah, how rigid. Yeah, that's what you mean. Um... And we work through it. Like and you feel been, like you're responsible, yeah. right? <laughs> he's, aware, he's, he's aware of it, right? Yeah. And we've been working through it. But, um, <laughs> 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 he's the most I saw. <laughs> yeah. In terms of being rigid. So, have experienced that. <laughs> what are you, yeah. I have experienced that. Yeah. And actually, just thinking about that, I had that exact scenario this morning with Noah. Um, you know, he newly promoted Goal 4 as well. Just got promoted to from silver to gold. And, um, like I have this rule where like, like you just don't want to like flash forward, <laughs> right? Like you just don't just stop. Yeah. Um, you, and you don't want to dive because you just flash defensively more so than, yeah, you don't want to, yeah. exactly. It's more reliable. And also one where like, you just don't want to dive. Yeah. And there was an example where it was just an obvious dive, you know, like it was a built wave. The Zed was like, you know, 150 HP. There was a Shaco jungle right over the wall. Perfect. You couldn't get a better scenario. scenario. You could literally just walk up and just press E and then stun, and he loses the entire wave. But then, like, he just walks away and just like goes for a ward, right? And then, like, I didn't really comment on it. Like, I'm like, okay, you probably could have dove here, but I'm just gonna leave it. And sometimes I feel really awkward because it's like, how do I approach this scenario? Because it's such an obvious. It's it's nearly 
yes, I want to play in accordance with the losers game, but this is on the that's fringe. Right. That's the thing with Philip, right? So how do you walk so, that tightrope between so, losers game yes, and then taking a, a, it such is, a guaranteed? Difficult. So, it, like again, it was like those situations, was like a numbers advantage, right? And it's like, but he has all ults and like they're low HP or something like that. And like they easily have the CC like to yeah, kill them, right? you can just kill like, them. Like if you actually look at it objectively, it actually makes sense. Mm. But it's like, again, he's too rigid on like, because then we did lots of reviews and numbers disadvantage, right? Mm. So then it got way too rigid. So now it's like numbers disadvantage, don't take fight. Right, okay. And then he wasn't fighting. So then, and then we had to go to the extreme, back to the extreme, saying just take every fight. Just take every, right? And then he was just taking everything. Yeah, and then now we're Oh, losing. no. So it was hard. I mean, it's, it's again, it's, it's so funny to me just how... Yeah. How much... Um, I mean, it's just us. We're failing as teachers. Dude. Yeah. That's it. I know. That's, and that's what I'm saying. we got to teach through analogies, Nathan. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. That's yeah. what I've come to the conclusion, is yeah. that you cannot... It, certain clients, yes... Other clients, not so much. You got to literally teach through analogies. That's why I did that crazy Raz versus Christian under Ronaldo <laughs> example. That's good. Yeah, I can see it. It's, it's fine. You know, yeah. I mean, look. I, so yeah, look. I think TLDR there. We got to have a crack at more analogies. Um, and there's something. Look, I love I love exposing this because at the end of the day, we're just trying to learn. That's why That's right. we do bulk reviews. We're just trying to be the best midland, best jungle coach in the world. The only way to do that is just expose ourselves to thousands of reviews. That's it. We're going thousands of reviews. All different types of players. It, it, it's, it's different not, champs, different ranks, every, everything. Different yeah, service. Again, like like where I'm at right now is like, it's more like connecting with the person that I'm coaching, right? So it's like understanding their issues. Because again, like let's say if I had Philip once off, right? And I taught him this. Like we would never be able to fix it no. because then he would just go away. That's, you can't do that's one, the point. Yeah, you like want to do it's like constant, constant reviews. Yeah, you got to do constant reviews. And you're always in the community all the time. Asking right? questions. What, I, what I've done recently is I just tell people... Send me a clip of this exact scenario. I'll just answer it. I just want yeah. you to show me as many specific examples as possible. So if it's about a wave state, give me an exhibit of the wave state. What, what are you confused about? Bang. Again, again, again. And I've had some people go three, four, once a day, just adding me. I love it because it's a specific clip. What do I That's do here? Great. Yeah. That's the yeah. only way. Yeah. And sometimes as well, like let's say, for example, uh, I have this a new guy joined. I should have forgot his name. I always forget the new people's names, but um. Dude, look at your mic. Come on, that's ridiculous. This is what you're doing. <laughs> is that what I'm doing? Okay, my dad. You're doing this. We'll get it closer yeah. to my mouth so people yeah. can hear me. Um, <clears throat> the audio levels are going to be all fucked for this episode. Oh yeah, it's out of control. <laughs> so um, he um, he he has a mental block in Shaco, right? And I gave him like a a um. It's like, test this out, right? And he was saying like, oh, but Nathan, what happens if this happens or this happens? It's like, let's get to that when we get to that. I want you to do this first. And then, because there's so many if situations, like theoretically, you can counter everything in League of Legends, if you have max information. But that's not really the case all the time, is it? You know? So, you know, go and test it out and then we can come back and review later. That's, again, how I think you can really like learn. You got to test it out and then learn yourself. Because I can't just explain, go back to learning styles, this is how you beat a Shaco in the early game. Match him, do a special ward um, outside the Raptors at 118. And, you know, you just can't get it that first game. You've got to do it. Yep. And, and then come back be, to me. And there's going to be different and scenarios. Be, and there's going to be other problems yep. in that. It's not going to go perfect the way I say it as well. And then we can go and review it. Yep. Spot on, man. I think I, I love that. And that's why you've got to do multiple reviews. You can't just do one and then they piss off three months later. It's going to be like two, three weeks, dude. Come back. Um, this I think ties perfectly into the plateau thing. Okay. Right. So I actually had a, uh, a guy, Hailfire, um, shout out to Hailfire again. 
I know uh, Hellfire, I think. Yeah, so Hellfire's in the Midland Academy, and he is a very deep thinker, and he does his awesome... Um, he thinks a lot about learning, and he, he's a beautiful writer, and he writes up these nice little articles. And he wrote this little, like, uh, it's like a little bit of a PDF document here. And I wanted to share... And kind of, I sent this to you recently. You had a read of it and um, Great stuff. Sh- share some of the stuff that were in this. I think it's really cool. And it basically talks a little bit about. Well, I, I love the, the topic dealing with plateau. Dealing with plateau, yeah. Like that's just a great thing to explore. Because <clears throat> I feel like a lot of, pl- I mean, at the end of the day, there's so many players, e- even some coaching clients that I have. Um, because every time, because in terms of my notes, the way I document and I sort things is by, you know, uh, after you have to tell me your rank, you know, what rank you currently are. So I can say it's like, this is a gold one game. This is a gold four game. And some people are just like, let's say gold two, just for, for months of reviews. And it's like, what's going on? Like theoretically, the rank would say it's plateaued, but that person actually hasn't improved to some things. Right. So I think it's a great thing. I mean, people get stuck in, you know, that's where the term hard start comes from, right? Yep. Yeah. Spot on. That's why I actually did a video on that. Why uh, why people get hard stuck. Yeah. A lot of similarities. Yeah. In, okay. Yep. Um, so what do you want to touch on from that? So like, look, I've just got the article up here. Um, so basically, I'm just going to go over a few key points here and we'll just riff off it, okay? So basically, he talks about what is a plateau. In his definition, a plateau of performance is when regardless of how much you do something, you are un- unable to make either progress or improvement. But basically, he believes the main thing that causes us to plateau is... Because how we learn isn't perfect. So anyway, he goes into a few um, things about procedural memory and um, implicit memory. Um, and I really like this little diagram here, how he talks a little bit about the three state, three learning stages. Yes, I love that bit as well. So he yep. talks about the, there's three phase stages. We have the cognitive phase. This is where you intellectualize a task and where you begin to break it down, etc. Then there's the associative phase. This is where we transition from what we need to do to how we need to do the task. And this is where we'll improve at a task by practicing it. Our number of mistakes will slowly decrease over time. And then there's the last phase, which is the autonomous phase. And this is where we turn ourselves into autopilot. It's because we have practiced that task so many times that there is very little thinking required. And at this point, we've actually established a habit. So essentially, it goes on. So I love the part after this where he says, um, even so even the best player, <clears throat> even Faker, like so he talks about here like when you think about these stages in terms of if you get to learn the game from scratch yep. again right yep even fake even the best players in the world who's the best player in the world right now Kurs? probably Chovy Chovy okay one of them he's at least up there right, one of them right so Chovy if he is to learn the game again no matter how good he is currently he couldn't do the things he did because he he hasn't got it to the autonomous phase, like so many things like CS in, and he talks about here like map control, mouse movement, where to put your, you know, pressing QWE. She's saying that this is when he first started. This is when he first yeah, started. Yeah, when he first started, he had to learn the game just like everyone else, right? But it's, he only got really good because he got to so many of the fundamentals to an autonomous, autonomous level. Phase. And that's what a challenger player is, right? Right. You have as many things as possible at autonomous phase. And just think about it logically, right? We talk about this all the time. League is an information-based game. That's right. The more information, the more mental space you have, the more information you can process, The be- and the faster you can process that information, the better quality decisions you're going to make. So you want to get as many skills as possible to the autonomous state. And that's where Champion Mastery comes in. That's where play. Champion Mastery comes in. Then you play. know your damage limits. That's you know right. how you want to play the early game. You just don't even think about it. So then you're thinking about other things. Where's my jungler? Right. 
So it's, enemy jungler. Where's so, my team? So essentially, like he his his diagrams a little bit different to mine. He has a he talks about a, a thing where because in my diagram in my hard stock video, in my experience anyway, you actually you plateau, you start to pinpoint a skill, and then you actually get worse because your mental stack's getting overloaded, right? So you actually you're performing worse, and this happens. All the time. This actually happens a lot right now with my master to D1 clients because I get them thinking more holistically about the game. And then they're obviously their landing and their mechanics and their skirmishing goes to shit because they're thinking about like wing conditions and where they need to be on the map and team five positioning. Yeah. So they actually drop. And then generally you have a choice of that decision. You can either continue that process and you make that muscle memory and then you ride that high and then you push higher than you ever were. Or you give up and then you go back to where you were. You just do what you were doing before. You don't continue to make that skill a habit and then you just plateau again. Um, and he talks, uh, he, he mentions a phase here called the, the okay plateau. And this, he said, this is um, one of the most common things. He says, uh, the okay plateau happens when we're okay at a task, but not exceptional. This is the reason why most players don't improve. They feel like they're good enough at something and they don't need to improve at it. And a common example is a player's ability to last hit properly. And once we manage to overcome a plateau, our overall ability greatly improves. So he says, what else can cause the okay plateau? He says, the primary cause of the okay plateau is the Dunning-Kruger effect. And he says it's a, it's a cognitive bias. Um, so apparently here, we... Um, a cognitive bias describes when our own reality is different from that of the norm or a deviation from the normal reality. We see things differently than others, and most specifically, the Dunning-Kruger effect is an illusion of superiority. So essentially here, the Dunning-Kruger effect is what causes people to overestimate their ability at anything, not just league. It could be cooking, driving, communicating, or the level of knowledge about a, a given subject. The Dunning-Kruger effect analogi analogizes that, that overestimate overestimization overestimation of ability causes people to be incompetent and a person's incompetence causes them to make poor choices this is worsened by the fact that the person's cognitive bias ends up inhibiting their awareness to able to see that they are making these poor choices they will look at external factors and avoid focusing on themselves which hinders improvement so it's like a it's like a toxic little cycle there you you think you're better than you are yeah and it's so easy to do in league of legends because yep. you have a win streak a couple of great games. You think you're great at the game. Yep. And then that loss streak happens. And then, you know, I guess, and then that sort of reinforces the quote unquote toxic behaviors, the blaming teammates, LP you know, games, all that sort of stuff. Nathan, if you remember, remember we, um, so Jono, we've mentioned Jono nearly every episode. I remember the first time he came to um, our gaming house in Sydney and he was, you know, he was like observing us mm. and then he had to speak to Dave and us and, and once he started to understand the game, one of his first initial responses was, this is the most brutal game just he's ever seen. It's the most brutal game. And I, it never really clicked to me what he meant by that, right? Like he would say it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you, you don't know jack shit about League of Legends. You're like a corporate dude. What do you, what does that even mean? And I kind of just ignored it. And then over time, I, I understand what he really meant. And he obviously clarified it, but he was saying how, there is so much going on and there is an inability to isolate skills. Therefore, it is brutal because you don't know, you're just making, you don't, you're not in the same scenario again. 
So it's not like you can just pull a specific scenario That's from a game right. that you yeah. just played and play it again and then no. play it again and drill it and then drill it. There is no drills for most of the, the concepts in, in League. So you're mainly just going in again and praying that a similar scenario happens and praying that there's a scenario in which you can actually learn that or replicate that. That's why learning objectives are so hard in League because you might not actually be able to work on that for... Yeah, you might not be able to work on that. But imagine in cooking, for example, you want to learn how to cut an onion. You can just buy a thousand onions and then sit there until you know how to cut it as perfectly as possible. Or you can make the same dish as many times as you you want until you get better at it. You can even isolate the skills within it. As to, to, to the nth degree. You can't do that very well in League. You might have a game. I mean, for the, the crazy thing, you might not even get the same role. You might not even get the same champion. So there's, there's, there is variable after variable after or barrier after barrier after barrier that is preventing you from improving at the game, which is makes what makes the game so addictive. Yeah. Because it's so goddamn hard, and that's what makes Challenger or Diamond or X ranks so high appealing. highs and low lows. So, look, you you can't <clears throat> blame someone for thinking that they're better than they are, because <clears throat> in a way, I mean, how can they truly, in reality, see where they're at? It's inevitable that you're going to get confused about your 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 level of play. Hence, why I don't think you can ever truly know. Like, it's hard to even say this is my is my level in a way, isn't it? I mean, that's what at the, a specific skill. At a specific skill, yes. You can't really. It's hard that's to say yeah. whether or not your overall your rank is a reflection of your yes. overall legal. Legends, I'm not saying rank. But, I'm also saying skill specific. Yeah, you can't okay. really get a, a, a very accurate. Like, what does it mean to be really good at something? Or when, like, because I get this question all the time. Uh, so let's say, a jungle, how do I know I've got a habit with this? Jungle fundamental, right? Sorry, uh, tracking. Yeah. Right? I mean, you would know you're really good at it if you could. You review your game. You could consistently... You know where the enemy jungler is. Tracking's different though because tracking you could do no matter what, right? Tracking seems like something you could do every game. Every jungle game, no matter what. That's right, yeah. So, so, so that's, that's a good so, skill so, to so, develop. So learning objectives that I said are like sort of these things where you can like replicate them. Okay, so when you get with a higher ELA client, I'm yeah. assuming skirmishing is something that... I mean, I don't really set... I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess you can. Well, so for me, like, I try not to do skirmish. I try to get more specific. But yeah, like, let's just specific. say, okay, let's just say um, you're playing. Um... All right. So for a big one, I will say is, um, you know, tr- translating leads with a specific champion, and you got to use your lol say to identify like win cons, right? Yeah. Well, setting, identifying win conditions is the most brutal learning that, objective. Oh, yeah, you know? no, so yeah, it's a I'll skill you got to develop, that. right? right? Yeah, you got to develop that yeah. skill just through sheer practice, through shit and things. But it's not like you've you can isolate this and be like, I mean, you can, but I mean, it's sort of like so the way that you improve on win condition is have <laughs> hypothesis, do it. Review it, see if it could it worked or just misexecuted. Actually, look, 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 just just throwing it out there right now. Just thinking about it, just as I wrote, uh, as I, uh, I said it, a better way, Nathan, would actually be to identify the winning side. That is that is that is very replicable. Yes, because then you know it's like okay, well they went in. Okay, because what makes up a win con, Nathan? A win condition. What makes up a win con? Uh Who's strong? Who yep. can't lose lane early game? Yep. Who scales? That's like a reason to ignore it or go to it. Champions' effectiveness into their comp. Yes, champion effectiveness. How good is that champion into their team composition? 
It's like, let's say a Malphite into full AD. Yep. You can play into the Malphite very well. Yep. Um, but what I'm getting at here, Nathan, is that those are those are actually specific. Those you could probably replicate, right? Okay, I guess, yeah. But Wincon isn't. That's broad. Okay, it's too broad. So yeah. I think, well, I think like the goal would be to set learning objectives that are as specific as possible, that are not general. So if it's skirmishing, it would be um, specifically identifying your role in the composition. Yeah. And no, that's not even that's not even granular enough. I, that's one I said, but I, I I think going even deeper, in order to identify your role, you have to identify who's the strong member, and how your composition fights. Right. And you would also have to, alongside that, identify your champ's identity. It would be like a combination. There's, there's so many factors, yes. There's a lot of factors. So the goal would therefore be to isolate those factors. And if, you know, yeah, that would be the goal. I mean, I've never actually written all out these factors out, but now I'm thinking about it, I probably should. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. I think that's a much healthier way of setting that learning objective. Because I set that one a lot for like, really, even diamond. as a mid laner. I, I, saw, I said diamond. Yeah, it's very important. Is it really? I mean, how do you translate your lead if you don't identify your role in a, in a game? You just get super strong and play for fights. And that, I mean, and that's so works. broad. What are you, no, you get super strong and play so, for fights. Like, imagine being into the MLA. That's okay. It says every time. Get I, strong, get strong, and then fight. That's my perception of mid lane. Dude, I had the most fascinating, just as a detour here. I, yeah. that exact, so I had to set this one. The yeah. learning objective. Uh, Nivea player. Yeah. His first 12 minutes, right? Yeah. His first 12 minutes, beautiful. Gets yeah. ahead every, most games, right? Yeah. Nearly every game. But then he gets into mid-game, gets around 15 minutes. He doesn't know how to how to take a good fight. That's right, yeah. Because there's, a, there's a whole different ball game actually getting to having a good fight. There is. So yeah. then I spoke the importance of like he had to be at, at objectives early. So that yeah. was his learning objective and getting mid-prior and then setting vision, getting there, making the picks, right? I mean... You can't just say it's strong, get, you know? <laughs> that's just, I'll be the worst mid lane coach of all time because that's my perception of mid laners. Oh, they get more resources than me, so they're just super strong and, you know? Yeah. So, but basically, I think what we're getting at here is that the, the game is inherently chaotic. So it's inevitable that at some point you're going to be confused as, is this a habit or not? So you defending the Dunny Kruger effect, Curtis? What's going on there? Yeah, uh, uh, what I'm saying is that, because, look, I think what, a part of our responsibility as Nathan is not just to like be like, okay, this player feels like shit. They're confused about why they're confused about if something is muscle memory or not. You can shit on them and say, yeah, get, get your shit together and you should know. Make it muscle memory. Make it muscle memory. But I think it would help their confidence to know that it's okay to feel confused. It's okay to, to feel confused. Of course. You know? That's why I think understanding this and understanding that it does happen to all of us you know, I mean, I'm confused. Okay. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure both of us. At yeah, some point I mean, making my making my Diana guide super confused. I didn't know why exactly. I had to get really. And this is why we always get into the details and be specific. Yeah, I didn't know what was going wrong until I looked. It's like, dude, I saw just the keep trends. Seen, I just keep trying to do shit early game. Actually, I don't think that's the way. I what I did is like, okay, I feel like I keep screwing up early game. I'm gonna go to the extreme. I'm gonna do nothing early game, right? And I started having more... I maybe went too much of the extreme to it, but I had better... I sort of felt better. And then you can kind of calibrate. Yeah, and then you can calibrate. Yeah, I like that. You just do the complete opposite of what you're doing. That's actually the way I always do interesting. So you do the exact opposite. I do the exact opposite, yeah. Fascinating. Actually, in a way, I think I've actually kind of done that with Kiana. 
I think I did that as well. Yeah, what did you do? Um, yeah, I was just going all in at level three every game, no matter what, right? <laughs> <laughs> just dying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I said, screw it. I don't, I don't want to die. I don't want to play I'm for- I'm going to only play for farm and scale up. Yeah, I did. I'm just going to play to level six, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't want to kill people. I'm going to miss opportunities. It's inevitable, yeah. but- I, I just want to get to my ult without being dead. <laughs> that's great. That's that's what I did as well. Like I just want to get to my ult plus have my Dirk and my Ignite yeah. without just dying. Yeah, that's great. And then I just started killing people. And you had more results. Yeah, success. I had better results. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, I didn't even realize. I guess I did that intuitively because <laughs> it just wasn't working. <laughs> that's right. It just doesn't work. Just do the opposite. <laughs> and then I've, I've been calibrating a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's that's interesting. Um, and I, what I love about the end of this article talks about how to deal with plateau. The end bit here. So he has some tips, advice. The first one he said was careful self-evaluation and questioning. For example, watching that game, you got stomped in lane. This is extremely important because we bring our conscious mind to the table and we get off of autopilot. This is when we are then able to pinpoint um, the place in which we need to improve ourselves. That's that's it. Sounds much. It's much harder than it looks. Like, that, that's you know. That's the, when I read that, I'm just like. <laughs> Like I could tell that to someone. I was like, "You go, go," you know. <laughs> you know, also it's just interesting. I, I've, I was reflecting last night. I come to the conclusion that I've actually another false narrative I have is you know we talk about getting into the details, right? Yeah. And I've convinced myself so much that the first thing you got to do, like after a game, is get into the details. Yeah. But what I've noticed <laughs> is that my reviews when I'm coming out of a game, if I go straight into the, the review. review. I'm actually not in a in a correct mentality to review. And why is that? If you I'm just win not. Or lose. Like I've noticed that and this just happened by chance. I remember once I um like I, I didn't even want to take a break. Like I had to go get water or do something. Like I pick up the I think I had like mail or something. And I um I didn't go straight into the review. And I actually did my review like <clears throat> seven minutes later or something like that, five minutes later. And I it felt much better much 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 better i mean yeah straight after a game sometimes you like you already you have a because remember especially when you lose let's say if it's a game where it's just completely you're actually thinking about the review you're actually taking the review in your head as you go as you go yeah in a way even though it's not good you do yeah so basically you're trying to like get out into the to the game sorry into your review and you're going to be just going straight to that point this is why it all happened but i don't think like just look I think I've done that. Some I think I'm actually pretty good at being. Oh, I mean, I look, th- what I think I'm tr- very good at being objective in my reviews. I don't know. Hopefully I don't think so, people. Nathan. Really? I, look, I'm going to push back on that. I genuinely don't think so. Okay. I'm going to. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I try there. really hard to be. Yeah, but it, you're human. It. And, but I find things that I didn't think about as well. Yeah, I'm not saying you wouldn't, but what I'm saying is that I think that I think that you would have a much healthier or a much more efficient and healthier review if you were to simply take a few minutes. Probably. Just like get up. Yeah. Get some water. Yeah, you're right. Just for like, even like a minute. There's lots of emotions. Yeah, there's a lot of emotions. You just got to let, you know, let it sit in there. Pass through a little bit and then just get to it. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's Like I'm going to, I'm going to be doing that anyway because I've, I've noticed that for me, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not purely logical heading into my reviews. I'm human at the end of the day. But you're um, conscious of it. I mean, not, I, I wasn't, I, dude, I'll be honest. I wasn't. Really? I wasn't even conscious of it. But I, I, it just, it's only now upon reflection thinking back, I probably haven't been 
coherent during... But when you do your reviews as well, aren't you with all your MLA people because you stream it on your Discord? Yeah, sometimes. So aren't, wouldn't they be calling you out on things or do people not really do I mean, that? Some people just don't even care about my reviews, honestly. Okay. People watch the game, but I don't think they really care about <laughs> okay. reviews. Have you, I don't know if you find that. Yeah, no, sometimes we review together and I ask questions and yeah. stuff. Some people care, but a lot of them don't Okay. when I do my streams. Yeah. Because reviewing's boring, you know? That's not... That's <laughs> I don't know. It's just something you just thought. Yeah. Um, the second little advice was take risks. Step outside your comfort zone. Um, pretty self-explanatory. The third one here, and I really like the way this is framed. Give yourself permission to fail. I love that word. Such a beautiful... Give yourself permission to suck. Yeah. Embrace the suck. Yeah. I like that. I like that <coughs> a lot. And um, and he said, and then study those failures. Come up with questions. Ask yourself what went wrong. Um, another one here, he said, lose your sense of entitlement, which is the precursor to the Dunning-Kruger effect. Thoughts such as I'm so much better than my opponent or how am I stuck in whatever rank? Um, these things inhibit performance to prevent us from being able to self-evaluate. I mean, we see that left, right, and center. That yep, one. That's huge. Trash the one-step miracle gameplay. I just need to improve on this one thing. Um, I don't really get this one. What, what, are your, what did you all take on this one? Well, let's me read the details for it again. Trash the one-step miracle gameplay. It's down the bottom. Step five. So then he has quotes here. I just need to improve this one. It's like, if I improve this one thing, then all my problems are solved. Right. Like, But that is important, improving on one thing at a time. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm thinking it's as like well. It's like your mental stack. And, you know, again, going for things autonomy. I guess, I mean, maybe it's like you... I mean, you definitely shouldn't have that because that one thing might not... You can't really expect results. So that's like right, yeah. So I think that's what he probably means. He probably thinks if you, if I just make this one thing muscle memory, then I'm going to go all the way to I like... I won't be plateaued anymore. Right. But that might not like, be the like, case. Like it might be, I need to work on this plus this. Interesting. Because that's what you were referring to before, right? Where people have plateaued. They're actually getting better at the game, but they're not getting results. Fundamentals, yeah. Because they're missing maybe something else. Right. Or... or because this is this is absolutely fascinating. Because I have a lot of remember, some some things click. So, sometimes, sometimes it takes it a while, clicks. right? Yeah, because I've had clients where I watch them and I'm I'm confused as to like why they're not getting results. Oh, that happens to me all the time. Like they're actually better. I'm like you're actually playing this pretty well, and like but you're still losing. You're still making errors. But I think the way I'm viewing it now, just talking through it, is it's kind of like okay, imagine driving a manual car. Right, there's two things needed to change gear. There's the clutch, and then there's the actual gear stick. Yep. You might get really good at knowing when to use the clutch, but if you don't know how to use the gear stick as well and shift the gear, then you actually don't get anywhere. See, in a way, you need the like one plus one. Yeah. To get two. To start moving. Yeah. To start moving. Curtis, that's a spot-on analogy. Right. I never thought of it like that, but it's actually true. That yeah. might explain a lot because you can have amazing map awareness, but if you don't know what to do with that information, it doesn't really change anything. Yeah. It's like you'd have to do that plus you understand. Um, let's go back to the numbers advantage disadvantage. You've got, yeah, like a, right. you've got a numbers disadvantage, a numbers advantage here. And, um, and... I can make a play. Right. Because it's like just map awareness. It's like, I, I'm actively, I, I can dive bot. Right. Well, the other example with Noah that I said before, he built the wave, took the good trades, but he didn't dive. Yeah. So the person just free farmed on the tower. <laughs> yeah. That's another example. Yeah. You can get yourself in a great position, but yeah. if you don't actually understand the, that's right. How you can utilize a slow build wave, yeah. then you just don't get jack shit. That's like one fundamental, slow building yep. waves. 
and then actually learning how to dive. Maybe it's another skill. I don't know. But isn't that the same skill? That example isn't so. Isn't the only reason you slow build waves is to no? Because a lot of people. This is what I teach, Nathan. For me, dive? I teach wave management alone first. Okay, that's it. Yeah. And then I start to talk, teach about, okay, what okay. we can do with slow built waves. Got and, it. Like it's step number one. Cause you've got to think about minions all the time, dude. It's like, it's overwhelming. Yeah. I'm, um, I don't think that's what I do anyway. Yeah. That's a great, minions. I like that. I think that's super interesting. Um, and the last one, he was diversified champ pool. Um, I'm assuming that's because like, it's like you have a different, I think as well, this, the diversion, just adding, just playing, just getting out of the rut of like one champion or two champions. Right. Just, have that have that go back to the cognitive go back to the learning process go back to the cognitive phase again and like just learn some so things. how many by the way in your soul two how many champs do you recommend a player to play at each rank because i say gold two i don't really answer those questions <laughs> really i suck at champ pool stuff dude i i don't know i just focus on fundamentals yeah i, I actually to myself, i haven't been asked that for a long time i think people just know i just don't <laughs> you don't have an answer you have a non-answer <laughs> you have like a long-winded answer that just means nothing <laughs> I just say just no comment. It's like paparazzi coming in. It's yeah. Like, Nathan, how many players? Like, just no comment. Right. No, I need to figure out my philosophy on that. I don't know. I mean, I sort of listen to yours and I'm like, yeah, just use Curtis as two champs, whatever. Why well, say two champs at gold? You can have three at plat and then you should even have like three, maybe four high diamond and then past that you can kind of just, yeah, four. Okay. Yeah. yeah four. four and above. I, I, I don't think you can really play more than four. Like if, if you're above diamond. At a high level. Nah. You won't climb unless you're a professional. Unless it's a, and unless that that fourth is like a very simple niche champ. Yeah. All right. So before we move on, I'm just going to quickly have an intermission here. Okay. And, and then we'll be that just right makes back. my life harder with editing, Curtis. But thank you very much. We'll be back in a jiffy. So yeah, last thing before we move on to the next topic was um, again, I want a definitive answer here, Nathan, because I have my bullshit narrative answer. Yep. All right. I want to hear your bullshit narrative answer. Right. So the the question is, Curtis. How do I know if something is a habit or not? Like, how do I know when to move on from my learning right, objective? That's a good question. Like, I get that. And my, my, yeah. my default narrative little response is just, just it, you should feel it. Like, you just know. Like, you either know or you don't. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't, I don't have a formula. I don't have a clear-cut answer. It's something around, you should just, it should be a feeling. You shouldn't have to think about it anymore. Like, you'd know via... How much how much mental stack it's taking up? What yeah, is your response? I would agree with that. What I what I try have attempted to do is for your reviews, rate it what you feel like it out of ten. If you're getting that to consistently an eight and above, then you can move on. Oh, I like that. So, what you actually get them to rate their how they feel their they are at that skill out of 10. Yep. Every game. Yep. F- f- just in general, their learning objective. Yep. And then if it's an eight for the majority of games, yep. then they can move on. I like that. That's that really good? good. Yeah. So I'll, I'll that try that. Shit? I'll try that with my clients and then see how it goes. That's what I did with Will. To be honest, I actually haven't really done that for many of my clients. I've probably That's like one of the first times I've like said that. That's probably a lot of the first time sold to hearing that. Right. That's what he, I did he with did Will. it with Will because yeah. he asked that question. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were really going to the details of fundamentals, like just jungle tracking. We just worked on it for months. Right. And then he got it to a point where he just does it every time now. Yes. Yeah, this is probably muscle memory. He's got a lot of things on muscle memory at this point. No, that's awesome. why I think he's 1300 LP. Great. Um, okay. Moving on. So, the last thing I want to touch Fascinating. on is um, 
in our book club, the Broken by Concept book club, we're reading David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. Look, we, we, we I don't want to, we're not going to, we're just going to touch on a specific part. Yeah, because we want to do the, the discussion. Right. Because we're going to always we, do we, this. We got our book club, he was like, wait, we're starting without right. us spoiling the book. But I felt like, we felt like this was such a interesting and applicable this thing to solo stuff. queue that yeah. we might as well share a part of it. Um, so there was basically, or do you want, do you want to go? Or you... Yeah. So there's part of the book called, um, the big fish little pond theory. Is that what it is? They explored, um, universities, colleges, schools, like students that go to, um, if you go to a better, like the Ivy league, yeah, Ivy league schools versus, um, just like a, like an average college, just an average college and you know the difference between the, the top students in in those again exploring this whole big fish like so basically the, what the book sort of explores the david and goliath is like is it better to be and this concept he talks about is it better to be you know a big fish in a little pond being you're a top student in a more average university college or is it better to be a little fish in a big pond let's say you're got all these elite people at harvard or something like that and you are... Well, you get um, like an average grade at like Harvard. Yeah. Right. With like a... a and, and look, this was... This is not... This is just the, the study that was explained in the book. And there was a part of it that which I think resonated a lot with SoloQ and league and league experiences. So um, feel free to jump in and if, if you feel like I'm wrong in certain points, Nathan. But there was a... Uh, so basically what they did, they did... There was like an, a, a study done where um, they rated the amount of economic uh, research papers published by top economic um, publishers or whatever um, from PhD students from both the Ivy League colleges and then the average colleges, like the like bottom 30 or whatever it was. And then they, um, they, they, there was like a table that showed in the, like the percentile, the 99th, 90th percentile, 80th percentile, 70th, and how many papers per PhD student in this percentile in all of these, these colleges. And what was interesting is that, and that they basically the reason they, they um, use this as a metric to deem um, academic affluence, the academic level of, how good they are academically because it, to get a, a paper, re, a, a research paper done and published in one of these top um, journals is really difficult, right? It's like, it's really, really hard. Um, so essentially you could deem how good they were academically by how many journals they got published. So what they found was that, yes, if you are the elite top in the 99th percentile at like a Harvard or an MIT or like a Stanford or whatever, you're, you know, you, you, you're doing really well. And you've got all the benefits of being in one of those schools, like you're, connections, networks, a better job. Yeah, everything. Uh, you you get a better you, title. Yeah. You can be into Harvard, you get a better job, right? Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, there, there was actually more academic papers done from um, even the lower colleges um, than, than the majority of, of Harvard students, unless you're in the top like 90th percentile. So it's actually better to be the top percentile of, or the, the, the you know, the, the big fish in a small pond of a, you know, worse college, a more average college than it was to be in a top one. And it, it went on to explain the effects of surrounding it and your perception of how good you are. 
your perception of your ability to learn or your perception of your ability in terms of just academically. So the quote here was, they found what matters in determining the likelihood of getting a science degree is not just how smart you are, it's how smart you feel relative to other people in your classroom. Exactly. So basically, and it told a story of this, of this, you know, science student who she had the choice to go to a Brown University or Brown is a Brown University versus like Maryland or something. And she chose to go to Brown because it's like a very prestigious university or college. But then um, she ended up like dropping out of science. She couldn't just couldn't do it. She couldn't cut it because she was comparing herself all the time to these elite students who were just, you know, doing really well. And um, it showed, there was a study done that showed that people that go, like lower performing students in these um, higher up universities and colleges, they were actually dropping out. And um, so Nathan, how, how do you feel as though this applies to our league experience or just things that you see in the community or just how do you think this, this flows onto league? Well, we talk a lot about... Um confidence the importance of confidence in league of legends i for example i have a client calvin right i've, I've mentioned him on the podcast he has all his friends are like challenger players like he's like he'll he'll he, he his friend one of his best friends his brother is like special and stuff like that so he's like he's and he like knew him around season three so he's always like He's been in that little circle of yeah. like high performing players. And apparently like in his in the the uh, university or high school that he went to like everyone's just like challenge there and stuff, right? And he's diamond 4, right? right? And he's sort of been diamond for a couple of seasons now. And I think he suffers from this. I mean, he and and he's the one with hugely poor negative self-talk. I think it's spawned from this because he's comparing himself. So he was a small fish in a big pond. Yep, small fish. In and big even pond. though Diamond, comparatively to a lot of friendship groups, are all gold. That's massive. That would be yeah. huge. I right? have some clients as well that they're like the highest in their friendship group and they're like plat or something. And they're, you know, gods. Oh, and, yeah. You know, and they have huge confidence. Right. And they're not even that high in terms of like challenges. They're just like yeah. probably Diamond 4 or high yeah. plat. Yep. But they, they're way better than all their friends that are silver. Yep. Yeah. And it changes your perception of yourself. And that's the most important thing, right? And that's basically what this study found was that it's not even how good you are objectively. It's how good you feel you are, isn't it? Relative to the other people around you. Right. And, um, and, it sh and so the people that felt as though that, you know, they were constantly comparing to all these elite... If you're in Harvard... So if you win a game as Calvin in Diamond 4... It doesn't matter. Even it doesn't if he matter. plays perfectly because... And even if you were to get to Diamond 3, it still wouldn't even matter. Diamond 2. He's down bad Diamond 3. Still in Diamond and in his mind probably Diamond NA. Yeah. Um, he's, his friend's a challenger, a grandmaster. Yeah. He's so far away, it doesn't matter. No one cares about his wins. So he's got negative self-talk after negative self-talk. And then, and then the longer you're there, the worse it gets, right? That's right. Because then you're constantly like, why is it taking me so long to get out of Diamond? But they don't realize that the reason they're so long in Diamond is because of this negative self-talk and this lack of confidence. And it's just a, it's just a huge toxic cycle. And, and it, would be, it would have been... I mean, imagine if you could like find an alternate travel into the, the multiverse and go to an alternate reality with Calvin here, but his friends were all like gold and he was the Diamond 4 player. Mm-hmm. For one season, how how many seasons would it have taken him to get to master? How fascinating was that? That's a really good question. You know? So the thing that I just think as well there, 
So now you're saying that he's friends and stuff with God. So remember last episode where we talked about the your your importance of your friendship group. Mm. In Gan- that isn't that a complete contradiction to what we just said? And this is this is the fascinating thing. So- is, is there like diminishing returns? It's like you want to be like. So if you think about it, for us, we were sort of close. In terms of what? In terms of like gaming experience. Yeah. So then we were able to push each other. But I feel like that if there's too big of a difference in your friendship group, then suddenly you don't have those people to push you there. Like, like, do you, they need, I do you want to be like around oh, the same? Man, this is so complex. That's this, complex. This is isn't where it? things get messy, right? So basically, this is where my issue with the book, one of my issues with the book were. Okay. So basically, he said his theory was that it would have been better for this student. Instead of when it, when she was making so her choice the, the, between to go to Brown University yeah. and Ma- Maryville or whatever it was, Maryland, his theory or hypothesis was that it would have been better for her to go to Mary Maryville, Maryland, whatever. They talked about companies that were hiring and the quote from this was um, because that some companies just like they only hire from Harvard or something. Yeah, Ivy League, yeah. The the best students from mediocre schools were almost always better, a better bet than good students from the very best schools. Well, they proved that. They did. Yeah. They did prove academically that um the the you know, the higher students from the worse uh, colleges were actually better performers than even like the good middle yeah. percentile, even higher percentile than yeah. at Harvard. So the evidence backs it up. Okay, so that that exists. But let's just take one case study, right? Let's take a case study. Okay. And now let's let's break this down. We'll try and riff in between league as well and, and, and this real life example. So lay it out there. She has a choice between to go to Mary, Maryville and Maryland and sorry, and Brown. Now, if she went to Brown, she knows that she would be an elite school, very academically sound students, elite, everyone's super smart because you had to get this crazy SAT score to get there, et cetera. Conversely, if she went to if if she went to Maryville, she would probably be one of the top students, guaranteed, in her class of science, whatever it is, right? In at least in her mind, she would view it like that. Whether or not it was true, even if there were a lot of other smart people, she would still believe in her mind that she was. Yep. Now she ended up going to Brown, and then she ended up shitting herself because. You know, the classes were intense. And instead of actually meeting up and facing the challenge, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do this. I'm going to compete. Like, I want to really like show it to these students that are like the elite. Yeah, I'm going to get in there, get into the details and really try and figure out how to learn more effectively and push myself. And um, she, or she failed, or she didn't fail, but she got average grades. She got like a B and she retook the class, still got a B and she got weeded out. And then she, she, she ended up quitting her, that deterring and doing another deferring doing another degree she got weird out because she was comparing herself she was saying oh my god these other people are so smart they're learning the game or they're learning the this this course so fast they're getting a's i'm still struggling i can't i can't hack it so she she quit she ended up when she say she was a lawyer she ended up being a lawyer or something like that she ended up just quitting science she left the stem she left the stem thing field now, this guy, the, the author was saying, well, if, he, if she had actually went to Maryville, she would have actually ended up being like a scientist or something. She would have actually continued that trajectory. She would have had confidence. She would have had enough confidence in herself to push herself through the, the tricky moments and then she would have excelled and she would have been a, a better version of herself at a lower grading college. Now, this is where things get messy, like we said before. Imagine that moment. You're basically saying, in a way, to yourself, I'm not good enough to go here 
I'm actually going to settle for less and be the big fish in a small pond. Now, yes, that might, for whatever reason, the way we've seen this and evidence has backed it up, you, you might perform better. But is that sustainable in the long run? Because in a way, think about the narrative that you just told yourself. When things get hard, when shit hits the fan, what is my default response? To the, take the easier option. Take the easier option. I'm, and then that's still, it's still pushing that narrative. I'm not talented enough. Those are people out there that are more talented than me. I can't do that. Now, what happens when it's in a, in a work environment? You have to compete against someone to get that promotion, but that person has this different background or whatever it might be. When push comes to shove, what's her response going to be? Is she going to want to compete when competition gets tough? Or is she going to, again, cow, take the easy route? It's okay. If he gets a promotion, it's okay. I'm still in a good position anyway. So my take on it is that she'll get so much momentum confidence, get the degree, be the top to carry her in those situations because then she'll have the confidence to compete with those right, people. Right, so you're saying that she, this route, the secondary school, yep. Mary would be better for her because she would get so much confidence. Yep. She'll ride that confidence into a professional career mm. and she'll be rock and rolling and even when it comes into competition, she'll thrive. Yeah. Great. Now let's now let's now let's frame this and go back to league and let's compare what this might look like. You're going to have a specific guy hanged around a lot of elite gamers, old challenger, grandmaster players from a young age. They rise up to the challenge, and they, um, you know, they rise up to the challenge. They push themselves. They use that as inspiration or competition. And they, they soak information from them or whatever and actually rise up to the challenge and they do really well. Conversely, as we've seen, they can shit the bed. They just lose all confidence. Like Calvin here, negative self-talk. They're just better than me. They've got more talent. Find every excuse in the book as to why they can't give, them, give, them, give their best effort forward and they just get stuck. They plateau and they just lose all confidence and then they just go down a, a toxic rabbit hole. Now, um, my gut feeling is that's the more likely. That's the more likely. Yeah. But the thing is, is I think that there is probably another, like a pretty high chance that that first scenario where um, they they take the easy road out, they settle. So, okay, it's fine. I'm just going to stay diamond. Like for those people, like and this girl, if she settled for Brown in a way, you mean settle for Mary? And Sorry, so settle for Mary, Maryville or Maryville, whatever. Yeah. Um, she would. I think there's an equal amount of those who settle, and they actually that that stays with them for the rest of their life. Yeah, because like what? But we don't be? hear about them. No. They do good in the you know they might do good in the short term, like they might get those good PhD papers. But what's going to happen in the long professional term. long term? Yeah. I don't know. So I look. I'm not convinced that his advice. For some people, yes, but he doesn't outline how would you determine between the person that would thrive in that scenario and who wouldn't. I wouldn't call it advice. There's more facts. He was more going through facts there, wasn't it? Oh, but in the, well, he, well, he stated though, Did in he? a way that he what he basically said if she if he went to if okay. she went to that school, yeah. she would have been better off. Okay, and like I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me because I feel like think about Michael Jordan, think about Kobe Bryant. I mean, these are outliers, of course. The extreme, where they love competition. They thrive. I don't know. 
something to think about. And um, so I think that the key message that I want you know want to spread here and talk about today was the importance of your perception of oneself. If you believe that you can do it, or you can believe that you can improve, or you can believe that you can get good grades or whatever it might be, or you can believe you can climb to X rank if you put your your hard work into it, put your best foot forward, then your chances and likelihood of actually doing that are going to be much higher. Conversely, if your confidence is really low, you don't really believe, you think there's a lot of talent involved, these people around you that are just killing it. For reasons You're that... You're comparing yourself to these players that just have gotten insane results. Yeah. It actually impacts your ability to do so. So, Nathan, what would your advice be to people out there? I mean, I'm assuming we, we both have plenty of them in, in our programs that compare themselves. So I've had some certain people look at the League Achievements channel and they, they don't like it. They see people getting, oh, I got Diamond, I got Master Tier, I got all these results. And they just look at themselves. Yeah, I have some people like that as well. But um, other people, it motivates them. What would you say? And what would you say to that that girl as well? Before she had the choice, she had the choice. If you were if you were to impart some wisdom, this is a, this is a hard question. She had the choice. She was going to go to Brown or she was going to go to Maryville. So have I given her the advice? What? Well, no, I'm saying after? you. This is before she even got to choose what university. Okay. Um. You're her father. I would say, yeah, go to Maryland and then dominate there. Really? Yeah. And then make sure you um you're still doing the fundamentals, the you process, know, your best self, yep. and then use that to rocket you into, you know, publish that paper, and then get your name out there to uh to dominate the world. Right. That would actually be my advice. Okay. And then so for someone in, in, in league who is struggling with comparing themselves with others, because inevitably, I'm assuming this, it's going to happen, even though they're surrounded with a lot of people in our communities at their own rank, but I'm assuming it's going to be natural. They're going to look at other people's results. What do you say to those people? Because we kind of covered this in the last session, didn't we? The last episode. Yeah. Comparing. So the question again. So, like, what 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 advice would you give to someone who um, who they find themselves like like what advice do you give to Calvin, for example? How do you navigate that scenario? Because I'm 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 fascinated. Well, going back to what we said last episode, you're on your own journey. Yep. Um, you can use them to help you. You're on the same team in a way. Yeah. It's like, hey, like, you know, if they're your friends and stuff, just, hey, hey, hit me up, just review this game, check check this out for me, mm. what's going on? Mm. And then, yeah, just, comp- yeah, I mean, that's it. That's it. Basically what Focus we called last yourself. Yeah, what we said last episode. So I'd I mean, to- what would you two, what would you tell her to go to? Which university, Curtis? Brown. And I would just get into the details with the, with the process. Yeah. Because I would want my daughter or son to um, never shy away from a challenge. And even if, like, let's say even if she wasn't the best at that university, like, she had a crack. And she, like, she, because I'm... No, a, I want her to do the same thing at, at 
And Maryland, she's still it's still a challenge to because I'm a, I'm a big advocate of surrounding yourself with people with like my per. This is yeah. in my experience. Like that's true. I, I want to surround true. myself with the people that are pushing themselves to the extreme. Yeah, you know, and like <laughs> yes, if you and the way I view it, but is I, it, I'm getting it, more specific here, Curtis, because oh fuck, I mean, because I view because he talked about. I think he talked about there. It's like uh, when she went, when the high universities, they're less likely to like share and work with other people and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. Because they're in. I felt like the Maryland. Yeah, it's like a more friendlier environment. More. Right. Like I don't actually view those people as they're not process oriented. Look, at the end of the day, Nathan, we just don't we don't know jack shit about colleges. Yeah, I don't know anything. Like, either. we're not even in America. Like, uh, I, I just have a negative perception of Ivy League people yeah, for some right. reason. That's just me. That's just you. Thing. Like, I shouldn't. I don't know why I do, but yeah. that's just my intuition. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm the type... Uh, look, for me, like, I'm the type of guy that I, I thrive when I'm with other high-performing individuals. Yeah. Like, I just want to learn from them. Yeah. And even if I'm not as good as them, it doesn't matter to me because I'm like, what can yeah, I take I agree. from I think that? that's a great thing. A great thing. You know, what can I take? Yeah. Like, I'm not... I might not be as good. It doesn't matter. You know? But I think that requires a lot of... A lot of managing of expectations. And I think it understand... You've got to have a really clear understanding of who you are, what your strengths and weaknesses are, and be incredibly process-oriented and have an incredibly strong growth mindset. But I think for other people that probably don't have that, maybe they haven't developed their growth mindset yet and they need a little bit more time, then yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe they should go to Maryville. Again, I think it's a case-by-case basis. But that's what I love about our programs, Nathan. There are plenty of people at every rank. There's a lot of gold players. There's a lot of platinum players. There's a lot of diamond players. You fit in wherever you need to fit in. There's a lot of people that you, that you can bounce ideas off. You know, it's not like you're a gold player and then there's all these master tier players trying to get to Challenger. No, there's people trying to get from gold four to gold three. There's people trying to go from gold one to platinum four or platinum one to diamond four. There's people there. So you're a lot. So that's what I love about our programs. Having a community filled with people of every rank. You're not just surrounded, like the toxic thing about Harvard in a way. There is no escaping it. You're stuck there, you're for, stuck there yeah. for four years with only elite individuals yeah. every day. Yeah. It's actually pretty messed up when you think about it. It beat that, you down. That would beat you down. Mm. That would actually beat you down hardcore. Yeah, you, you know, every time Nathan and I read this, think. every time I read this sort of thing, you know, we read, um, read these stories about how a mindset or a confidence or a, a way of like a, you know, the, your, 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 your belief in your ability to improve and how that affects your behavior. Every time I hear one of those stories, it kind of scares me more than gives me hope. And why is that, Curtis? Where you're known to be on the podcast is to be a very fearful man. Because, because imagine how many people out there <clears throat> that this is just like voodoo, like who do, you know, who gives a shit about your mindset? It's about like what you do, your action. Yeah. And whether you're talented or not. Yeah. Like, like think about the percentage of people out there that genuinely say like, okay, you're not good. And especially in the league community, you're not good. And you're playing at this level. And that is it. Yeah. And it's not like you're, and, and then, then they, what do they do? They will do, they'll tick all the boxes. I'll do the three blocks. I'll get into the review. They'll get into their process. 
But because they're, they're still, their mentality hasn't shifted away from that. They're still lacking that true belief that in true, their ability. Yeah. You can still do everything. Yeah. And you can still, still really. You can still tick every box from yeah. a process standpoint, from like physically stand. Like you can go to the like in a way in gym that doesn't work in physical. Like in the in the real world, you go to the gym, you go there. Even if you're doing it half ass, you're still going to get some result. Yeah. But in league, there is a the way it works because because it's such a confidence based game. You can still tick every fucking box. I'm doing my three blocks. I'm reviewing my games. I've got a small champion pool. I'm I'm doing all, I'm setting learning objectives and you can still because you don't have complete faith. You don't have you're actually comparing yourself to others. You're 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 not fully committing to plays because you don't have that confidence. You're so nervous that you're fucking up mechanically. You can just cap out. Yes, you can. Yeah. You know, and that's what terif- what I'm, that's what I'm saying Nathan is that like I hear these stories whether it's from like you said I mean we were just reading about a story in college academics whether it's a x example in x industry it just and whenever I, th- I think this happens in real life whatever happens in real life it's like 10x in league because of how fucked up the culture is and how difficult the game is mm. and how brutal the game how is the game so is this is happening system. in real life in academics yeah it's something that is solved yeah that is so easy to break down skills this is happening to the extreme degree in league of legends and this is happening at scale hundreds of thousands of players so yes for the limited amount of people that are watching this podcast or in our program sure they're gonna take the steps to to really internalize the mindset because we push the whole mindset and the growth mindset stuff like that but there are hundreds of thousands out there that don't and that are going to continue to walk on and play the game and just feel like they're capped and just feel like it's just talent and just feel like it's they're doing they're just confused even yeah, I mean, even though they do that, they put in the work. Even though they understand that there's that baseline concept where hard work equals results, right? But you can just get thrown off by that so quickly from league, just with how yep. brutal the game. Just how is. brutal the game is, you can still get thrown off. That doesn't happen in any other industry. No, where you put in hard work and you get nothing. Not not off the top of my head. I'm sure it does. Probably somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> Curtis, we haven't been in many other industries. No, so we don't know anything, Curtis. True. Okay. Um, right, so the camera's been dead for a yeah, while. Let's so we should, on the mailbag. We'll jump into mailbags. It's a great transition. <laughs> Away we go. Jingle, jingle, jingle song. Alright, so first question for mailbag here is from Katsuki. We've had Katsuki, I believe, on the show yep, before. I believe so. Title of this email is Not Being Able to Think slash Fixed Mindsets. Hi, Curtis and Nathan. I'm writing to you guys as a desperate man. I've been mid dumb for months in EUS and I can't get myself out of this ELO. Plateau. Uh, My main problem is that I have never been able to think while playing League. I still can't and fear I never will be. I only have this issue in League, maybe other games, but not in real life. I don't categorize this as an autopilot problem. Since autopilot implies you sometimes are the pilot, which I never am, unfortunately. I believe this problem made me develop a fixed mindset. I don't understand how I'm supposed to get better when I'm not able to think while playing. It's something hard to explain. I don't apply any of the knowledge I know. I'm not able to use what happened in game A in game B. I don't even have wrong hypotheses. 
I just don't have any. This makes me change my shampoo all the time, which might be one of the reasons it's harder to focus on the, the game. Um, snake biting its tail. Maybe there are too many things to focus on, therefore I can't get myself to focus on any. I don't know if this is something that can be solved, but I hope it is. Again, thanks for the episode. Thanks for the podcast. 942 episodes to go. Not being able to think. You just can't think in games. Well, first of all, I'm not a big fan of like the language. Okay. Um, Just the way he's framing it. It's like, I can't. I think as long as you feel like that, you're probably not. You don't even really want to. So. Yeah, I feel like at some point you're going to have to try and... If there was a it. gun to your head. It's like if 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 you had to, what would it look like? Or even... Um, okay, like I'm struggling to think in game. What what could be the cause of this? Look, first of all, like, let's, just, let's just lay it out there. He would obviously have a metric ton of strengths. The fact that he's playing at Diamond, quote unquote, without thinking... Which means props to you, dude. You have an amazing amount of muscle memory in the game. You're playing at a level, mm. diamond in EU, mm. you know, not too shabby. Um, at you know, which is some people's peak that have tried years to get to, and you're just playing there without thinking. Give it first of all, give yourself a pat in the back Absolutely. and identify your strengths. You've probably got great skirmishing, you've probably got great micro, I'm assuming. You've probably got beautiful like intuition about how to win games. Um, or, or, or whatever it might be, and you're doing it with multiple champions, right? He seems like he's, he's a you know he's a jack he's of all trades, champions, which yeah. is crazy. So first of all, you can't just beat yourself up twenty four seven. You got to give yourself a pat in the back. You have some strengths, otherwise you wouldn't be diamond. You have strengths. That's the first thing. What I would say is, um, whenever there's an extreme problem, I try to just. Kind of do like an incredibly basic solution. Like, and even if you have to go to an extreme to execute upon it, like I would start, I would start super simple, like break it down bright bite size. So, for example, I'm assuming he's, what does he say? What role he plays? Is he a jungler, or a mid laner, or a, no, no idea. Uh, okay, so let's just say, for example, he's a laner, uh, mid laner. Um, what I would recommend is have a real basic hypothesis that requires you know you to think for the first three waves so it might be okay i am playing uh lucian into cassadin therefore i'm going to slow build these first two waves crash it and then bounce the third on my side that's it you made a hypothesis relatively easy to execute done now if you can't execute on that that says to me that you are likely alt-tabbing while you were while the minions this morning, or you are listening to music, or you are listening to a podcast while playing, or you are um, there is something external going on there because that would be super simple. Now the goal isn't to say you know the goal is literally to pick any hypothesis, anything. As simple as it possible. To put my war down at 2 minutes 30 at this location. Now, what you want to do is trick yourself in a way. Is look at what I can do. No matter how simple it is. All it takes is... It's like the whole Jordan Peterson thing. It's like, just make your bed. Mm. Anyone can make their bed. Mm. Right? And it says that little thing, incremental little like decisions should lead to a result. That, that, that would be the way I tackle it. And then over time, you add a little bit more. Now it's... The first three waves into first three, first three waves in a ward. 
Yeah, it sounds like that what's happening there is there's fear. He's not thinking. He knows how much he should be thinking. Overwhelming. Don't think at all. Analysis, it's an analysis paralysis type thing. So I think I agree. You'd have to start off and just start building that up. Building it, yeah. If it was jungle, not even jungle tracking in general was an alone objective. Jungle track their first clear. First clear. Boom. That's it. Oh, only up Done. until five minutes. That's it. You only yep. focus on that. Yep. That's it. And then over time, you'll get a little bit more comfortable thinking. And then what you'll find is that once you've got the ability to, as you're coming out of base, you know, first, before the minion spawn, you, you have your little hypothesis, then you're going to be able to start to do it on other bases. So it might be identify winning side lane, coming off every base, done. So you slowly incremental build that over time. Does that answer that question, you reckon? Yep, I think that's the only Man, thing. what is the alternative? Yeah, there's no alternative. There is no other way of break doing it, yeah. in my mind. You just got to start small. Start start small. Start thinking, focus on things, and then you can start applying. But I think as well, he's got some serious confidence issues. Yeah. He's got some big-time confidence issues, fixed mindset. He which all says size, Or he even says it, but, but what I'm saying is that I think where that has come from is he is, he is not identifying, he's not recognizing his strengths at all. You've got a lot of strengths, man. Don't beat yourself up too much about that. That's that's the crux. That's the start. Give yourself a huge pat on the back. Play a very small champion pool of three champions. That is it. And sort of understanding, it's like you said it's been stuck. This is what I hate. And this is what I talked about last episode. I've been mid-diamond for months in EU West. Do you know how hard it is to get out of to diamond one master tier? It doesn't take months. Years. Diamond one to diamond two to master, or diamond three to master is a grind. Yes. You know, like I want to say, I'd rather you say in years. And it's like I'm not even worried, months, whatever. Like he could just do it in the next month. Like like things could just click. Yep. And he maybe he's overdressed over complicating this this problem, and that's gonna set his progress back even further. I think, yeah, and look, I think what you you spot on you said before, Nathan, analysis paralysis, I think what's happening is that he sees like your video or my video where you're like breaking down a scenario where like I should have been thinking, I was thinking this, but I should have been thinking this. And he's going from like zero to a hundred. He's like, I don't think about any of this, but rather than like picking one of those things, whether, whether it's identifying a secondary win condition or, you know, tracking the enemy jungler or um, calling for objectives, whatever it might be, he's like trying to do all of it at once. Mm. And he's just not going to go no, anywhere. No, you can't do it. Yeah. So you must break it down. Hopefully that helps. All right. This next one here is from Fabian. Anxiety about the future is the Taimas out of Fabian. Hey, Curtis and Nathan. Hope your day is going well. It's been a while since I've been on the podcast. My name is Fabian and I'm in year 12 and in five weeks I've got the trials coming up. If you don't remember, the trials are essentially a two-week exam block like the HSC but designed harder to calculate how each student is likely to score in the actual HSC. So it's from Sydney. Right. Anyways, I have an issue about my anxiety about the future. My ultimate goal is to become a full-time educational league streamer, sort of like Curtis. That's what he wrote into us before. Remember, we gave him right. advice yep. on that. And I'm anxious because I'm super stressed about what to do after school to make my parents accept me living under their roof rent-free. Sometimes I really question myself when I play league if it's even going to be worth it sometimes. But after watching so many motivational videos, I always come back to the conclusion that at some point it will all pay off in the end. I'm really stuck 
Curtis and Nathan about the future though. Any thoughts on what crucial steps should I take in these next prime years as I turn 18, 19, 20, 21? And what can I do to maximize my chances of becoming the best mid laner I can possibly be? I know it's like I know what it's like to work hard in league. I worked really hard going from silver four to gold four in six months with a negative win rate all season. But then I also had to sacrifice my grades. It almost seems like the journey is kind of really far away, especially when I get plus thirteen every game. Um, every game, and I'm an echo main against Viegos and Lee Sin's mid. Any thoughts, tips, how I can address de-stress about the future and how to impress my parents while I play league to build my dream career? I mean, I think we gave the exact same advice last time, which was essentially you got to. It's just a, it's just a side hustle. It's just a side thing. That's right. You never want to all in on it. No. It's just, okay, you're going to, whatever you want to do, whether you do a gap here and you work, whether you study and you do it on the side, it should never be something that you just go, okay, that's it. I'm a League of Legends content creator and that is my identity. No, you're going to have other skills, right? You're going to work somewhere full-time or part-time. You're going to do a uni degree and play at night. That's incredibly not easy to do, but it's very doable. You can make other sacrifices though. You could, if you're doing university and working a job and trying to do this, you're probably going to have to sacrifice somewhere, where, whether it's like relationship or friendship groups or party time or whatever it might be. It's always doable. So like if I'm in your shoes, man, and I mean for me anyway, I would just be like, okay, given that's, a, that's something I want to direct, that's important to me, given this is something I want to do, Let's let's lay out the steps. What are some things I need to do first? Okay, I need to get high elo. Boom. So I'm going to spend a bit of time solo queuing each week. I want to get better at my 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 um my content creation. So I'm just going to make videos. I'm going to make a video a week, whatever. Even if it gets zero views, just to get better at talking on a camera. Boom. Um, I want I need to I need a bit of money so my so I can actually afford equipment for my stream and for whatever I want to do. So I'm going to get a part time job. Boom. So I basically would kind of again I'm reverse engineering I'm 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 essentially looking at what I want and then kind of breaking it down into bite-sized bits in a way. So if you need to go to uni, great, and then manage your time. You can have X amount of hours a night to do that. Whatever you want to do, you have a part-time job work for a few hours. Boom, three hours of solo queue, great. Never all in on it. It's it's not worth it cognitive distortions all or nothing mindset that's why he i think that's where his anxiety is coming from it's like if this fails and i do everything and i still fail then i'm screwed right that's not how it really works you shouldn't put yourself in that position um i mean did well you that's what the anything? motivational videos tell you though it's pretty bullshit aren't they those motivational videos some of them you know it's like the never give up mindset you can achieve your dream you know if you just believe in it as much as you can and Work hard, right? <laughs> so now what we've just said in this podcast is that um, you, you should build the confidence. Well, there's got to be belief, but you can't be you don't just you don't just get there off sheer belief. Got to put in the work and break down the process. It's I mean, process oriented. The most brutal thing is Fabian. Can you send me some videos you've done right now? Because I bet you you have zero videos you've made. You want to be a full time educational league streamer? I mean, do you stream right now? Like. You should be streaming to no viewers anyway. You should actually just be streaming to no one. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would want to see a stream with, you know, you've got to be doing this stuff. Otherwise, I don't even want to hear about this Or he's got to get high elo. Yeah. I mean, ideally doing both. 
So, I mean, th- I mean, the way you got to view it is, yes, it's hard. There's not many people. Think about how many people are genuinely make a career out of being a streamer, a content creator, content creator in in League of Legends. In League of Legends, not many. Probably like look at two hundred, a hundred, less, more. Ah, there's more. A thousand? Probably like a thousand, right? Okay, a thousand. Well, we're talking about the West, E-U-N-A-O-S. Yeah, sorry, yeah, not China or anything. Probably like a thousand or something. A thousand, really? You think it's a thousand? More? Two thousand? How many popular league streamers are there, Curtis? Yeah, I'm thinking about between Facebook, the streaming site, YouTube, and Twitch. I reckon about a thousand. You think less? So you're saying making sixty thousand a year at least? Yeah, at least sixty thousand a year. Uh, Probably even more than that, honestly. Uh, a thousand people, really? Yeah. Come on. I reckon five hundred. Nah. Okay. Think about it, this: is EU NA and okay, maybe a thousand, at least a thousand. Sure. Okay. Okay. Because think about all the YouTube. Twitch There's a lot of YouTubers. Yeah, but do. YouTube is just ad revenue. Yeah, there's a lot of big YouTubers, dude. But they would have to stream as well, though. Not always. That's true. Okay, maybe it's a thousand, whatever. All right, and it was a smaller shit small- number. Went down a bit of a rabbit hole there. It was smaller shit number, you know? So, yeah, very small. You know, it's like... So, in order, the way I frame that is, in order to do something really hard, you've got to really get incredibly specific and go above and beyond. Um, find your niche. Find your niche as well. Get creative. Find other content creators, pull bits and pieces from everywhere that you like. But the key there is don't all in on just one thing. Yeah, so, you know, start just take a university course to start. But there must be something you're somewhat interested in. Yeah. Just start doing that, you know. Just well, like, to, to us, you can even take a gap year and just work. Yeah. That's even yeah, fine as yeah. well. It's not, it sounds like your parents aren't going to kick you out. You said rent free. Just get a job. Just pay rent. It's fine. It's not the end of the so world. It's not that hard. It's fine. Pay, pay your way. Yeah. At least food or something. Offer to pay for food and just get a job. Be a good experience anyway. Yeah, that's great. Get yourself out in the world being a contributing mem- member of society. That's right. All right, so, and do your 18, 19, yeah. 20, of course you're going to have anxiety about the future. <laughs> well, welcome. No shit. Like, that's normal. Everyone does. Everyone does. That's yeah. super normal. Very you know? normal, dude. It's like you talk about, it's like a problem. It's like you're a special, you know, you know, unique unicorn. It's like, nope, everyone else, they might hide it, but they also have anxiety about the future. All right, so, next, last one here is from... Loris, I think that's how you pronounce his name. So I know it's from Eridano. Eridano. Eridanos. Eridano. Hi, guys. My name is Eridano. I'm 24 years old and I'm a platinum main jungle. Love junglers. Big fan of your work already, Eridano. Today, I was thinking about my future children and how I really would like to play with them and teach them the ropes of the game. I realized that as much as a platinum jungle main, I won't be able to teach them the best possible things for them to grow and be as better as possible at the game. Then I thought, well, I could use a coach for them, just like everyone does with their children doing piano lessons, soccer school, etc. What do you think of this matter? And would you coach a, say, let's say, 8 to 10-year-old? If so, how would you do it? Fascinating. Thanks in advance for your answer and a big hug from Italy. It's interesting. It's very interesting, isn't it? It's a great question. How would you coach an 8-year-old? Hmm. Do you reckon we'll see that? I mean, piano and stuff like that. I guess like that 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 sort of mainstream. I think about like a piano teacher, a soccer coach. Mm. 
those things are like mainstream good beneficial things for you it's like learning the piano is like a really good skill that's it's like, a skill a, yeah. you know but legal like gaming is just not at that place yeah but it will it will be potentially will be, in potentially, 10 15 years yeah but right now it's not it's not like imagine imagine if you said oh, i've got a gaming coach for my like you just get laughed at right right but it um, does make sense it actually would be really cool to teach them it's like uh, yeah ranked and stuff like that it's like, like just dealing with adversity and oh, like it's a setting goals for an eight to ten year old part of me thinks that you shouldn't be playing league at that age well sh- she should mute all surely just mute all but maybe it would do psychological damage. <laughs> yeah. Like the league experience. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like imagine if you were able to Getting wrestle with the, from it. Yeah. Dude, you if you were to like it. really break that down. Yeah. I reckon the I learning agree. would be insane. insane. It's be Like imagine like wrestling and developing a growth mindset. No, through, no. Through league at eight to 10. No, it's like, because what you could, but the great thing about what you could do is I think is like, it's more so is the behavior of players. So it's like, this is what this person's typing at you. This, this is, is why it's this happening. This is why it's happening. You this would, is, your child would have such an advantage psychologically because they you would never, understand behavior that you they, wouldn't understand. They would never say, like, let's say piano. You can't learn their piano. Let's say soccer. Someone's get upset, angry. It's like no one really did that for us. Like, I mean, they they do, but you kind of just like. But I don't know how I viewed it. Oh, actually. like like online anonymous behavior is so much more interesting to analyze, though. But you wouldn't have chat on. Okay. Like you, you would see them run it down. Like this guy picks Nunu mid in your Champions League, but you wouldn't see it. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. So their behaviors in game, you'll be wondering why they're self sabotaging in your games. Sabotaging. Yeah. Get the the hands moving. I mean, but but again, you wouldn't even go into rank straight away. You you should be purely like normal. This would be like normal games. So I guess the way I would do it is again, I would say my focus would be less on. It would be very much hands off at the start, like just from what they. I, I want to like let them express what they know about the game in a way. Like I would, I would, I would kind of let their innocence have a crack because kids that young are very malleable. Yeah, like they pick up things very fast. Yeah. Like I actually wouldn't want to interrupt yeah, that just for a while. Let them play. Like I would be there as a guide to like. Like the way I would actually view it in many ways is kind of what Jono did when he went to us the first time. Remember what he did? He just observed. He observed for like ages. He didn't really say much. And only until he actually observed for quite a while. Yeah, you want to observe. You'd want to observe for a very long time. Like I would actually sit there and just kind of be a spectator. You'd you'd sort of give him like a framework. It's like, let's do chance, pick a role. Let's focus on learning only playing this, this champion. Yep. And then break down how much they should be playing in that day. Yep. Sort of like the outside structure. The structure, yeah. And then you'd let them see what they would do. Do, do play that. Play that. And, and then and then you'd kick it off with just getting into the fundamentals. Mm. But I would actually have a huge focus on um, the like controlling your emotions. your emotions. That would be the key, I reckon. That would be the goal of it is <clears throat> controlling your emotions. Do you have you know, fascinating? I mean, you're really like emotional when you're going through puberty and stuff. So it's like 13, 14. Like, does an eight year old have like emotions? I, I don't know what it would be like. <laughs> What's that like? I mean, of course, an eight year old has emotions, but that's interesting. No, but no one sat me down and explained like psychological concepts. No, but did we want to? We wouldn't want to. Yeah, but no, but that's the that's the, that's the unique thing, Nathan. Yeah, about League, League of Legends. Forces it. League to teach is it. like sexy. Yeah. 
That's right. That's the it's a that tool. is the unique thing about league. Yeah, no league. one's gonna. I'm not gonna listen. Sit, sit. Someone sit me down and talk about psychology. It's like, yeah, that's that's the key thing about. It. That's why. It's that's a good why tool. it's such a good tool. Yeah, because there is no other medium. Think about any other medium for a 12 year old kid, 10 year old kid, to genuinely get interested in psychology and the mindset, and mentality, and like all that stuff. Think about it. Not even in tennis. Not even in like that. You wouldn't even begin to teach the mentality mindset stuff about tennis until ages because I mean, they just don't, I mean, you don't, you don't see, you don't see, you don't, you're not in an environment where you can just let it out with adrenaline. Think about it. If you're frustrated in that's tennis, true, you can always just like let it, out. let it out. That's what it would be like for football and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? You just tackle someone, dude. Yeah. That, that doesn't exist in league. No. It's kind of there. It bottles up. It and bottles up. Deal with it. Fascinating. I mean, that's just a dude. I, I want to do that. That's cool. I want to do that. You like set up a program just for that, just for like ten year old kids, and ten to twelve year old kids, and just be like a parent. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. There you go. You gave us an idea, Mister. What was it again? Ed Edorano. Edoranos. Edorano. Yeah, every day. Imagine what the future. Yeah, imagine the skill set you could learn and develop. Like, how mentally tough if you were coached properly? How mentally tough you could be by the time you're like 15, 16? Yeah, you'll be a beast, you'd be a beast on, on the dude. internet. You like nothing could could no, phase but, you. But in anything, like in school, like you would be just a machine. Like you would just understand the way like humans behave and like why things make sense and why they don't and like how to improve at something. Fascinating. Great question. Yeah, very good question, man. All right. We're going to wrap it up today. That wraps up our episode talking about League of Legends. Good old League of Legos. You know, when I was, uh, yesterday I was out, I saw a Lego educational center. Whoa. There's an educational center about Lego. About building blocks and stuff. I don't know. That's interesting. I wonder what they teach Something there. To study. You can study Lego. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, I um, hope you all have a swell evening and we will see you next time. See you next time.